Hey there, folks. We have returned once again. It's the Uticast episode 112, and this week we are sitting down with the marketing and events manager of the Observer Dispatch, Katie Giacovelli, uh, to talk about their 200th birthday bash. Uh, plus, we are diving into the uh, the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, and all the terrible things that are going on there. Uh, we're going to sadly talk about Donald Trump in North Korea for a minute, but then we'll move on to some history lessons, uh, some banned fast food items, a little bit of Scientology. We're going to play a little bit of either or. All that and more, folks, this week. Uticast, we're happy to have you. You just have to be yourself. Some days I go home and I'm like, I don't know what just happened today on there. Hey, that's story <laughs> of my life. Um, hello, folks. Welcome back. Uticast, episode 112. Uh, we're back on the show. Heather is here once again drinking water and laughing. I'm watching Heather with a mouthful of water, realizing we've been recording for longer than she thought we had. Oh, it's always fun. And to... she just put up a real fight to not spit it out her nose, so I'd ah. like to give a shout out to Heather for not spitting water out her nose. Uh, welcome back, folks. Uh, joining us this week, uh, she is the marketing and events manager from the Observer Dispatch, Katie Giacovelli. We were in drama club together. We talked a lot about that for you folks who are not drama people. Sorry about all the conversations about Into the Woods. And Little Shop of Horrors. Welcome back, folks. Uh, I am Sam Famolaro. Joined, as always, Heather Wazlewski. What's up? Hey. Kevin Sullivan, how are you? Yes, sir. Uh, Heather, you told me before you came over here that your son, Obi Kaz, is sick this week, yeah. is he? He's having a reaction to a chicken pox vaccine. Really? Oh, no. Uh, so he's had a fever for like four days now. Does he have chicken pox? No, it's just sometimes you get a reaction. Is it to like a an vaccine. inoculation where you put, like, when you do a vaccine, you put a small amount of the virus yeah, in? Yeah, so, that so it, his okay. body's actually fighting it. So. Okay. I We're see. fighting like yeah. a low level version. So, yeah, so he went to the doctor today and they're just doing it. Different. Now, I, I've heard that. Um, this is bad for them to do the vaccinations. Is this true? <laughs> yeah, I've heard. I've heard that he's you are. Pretty, he's pretty autistic right now. You're giving him the kidding, autism. Good. I'm just kidding. Ow, ow, hot, <laughs> smoking hot take. <laughs> Heather's, Heather's gonna get. I don't know, man. Heather's no, getting like, blown out on Twitter. The anti-vaxxers are coming for you, Heather. Oh. Uh, no, that's all right. Actually, I read somewhere this week that uh, in Australia, or is it France or Australia, they are now fining parents who don't give their kids the vaccinations. So good to see the other parts of the world are stepping up. Man, it's it's crazy because I can understand like from a freedom argument where these people are like, well, the government can't mandate me to do this, but like they also kind of can and probably should if you're going to be dumb. Should. It's a very interesting, very, it's like a debate club issue. Yeah. I don't have kids, so I guess it, by saying that my argument is invalid here, but I True. feel like I feel like I would give my kids the shots. Oh, yeah. I feel like I'm giving my kids the vaccines. I feel, I have the vaccinations, I've been fine. I've been fine. Yeah. I don't feel like I've... Uh, it would have been nice if I didn't have to have the chicken pox when I was little. You know, I would think that because I got the vaccinations, I would be more Wait, of a shill for the government, right? Isn't that the whole plan? You know what's crazy? I glossed over that, the whole thing, but he got a vaccination for chicken pox? Yeah, they have that now. Do they have yeah. that now? Yeah, yeah. Because when I was a kid, it was a fact of yeah, life. Like, yeah, hey, listen, it. at some point, you're going to have this horrible skin rash virus for a week and that's just the way it's going to be but it'll only be once probably we probably 
promise, sort of. In the more responsible age of parenting, parenting in like the 80s, they used to have chicken pox parties. Because oh, what you would want to do, because you want to get the one kid who has chicken pox and you want the other kids to all get it at once. So you have like a party, yep. so all the kids get chicken pox at once. I feel like that's one of those things where you're a parent and like you do that and like you think you've cooked up this, this ingenious scam. And then it's like six days later and you've got four kids that are all clawing at themselves and whining with yes. fevers and you're like, uh, I've made a horrible mistake. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> not agree. My scenario. husband's mother did that with her kids and Zach never got chicken pox to yeah? this day. Yeah. Never had the chicken pox. Oh, what if he catches it from... Well, he's in trouble. <laughs> uh, Kev, you had a... Uh, a special Monday off. How's that treating you so far? Uh, Monday off has been has been colossal so far. I went for lunch, like a semi late lunch, and it was great. Uh, I went to Pumpernickel's Ooh. in New Orleans for shopping center, Underrated. pound for pound, one of the best, most consistent lunch spots in town, hiding in that cool little center court. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's been all right. Uh, very good. I, I'm, I'm jealous of that. I thought I was going to have the day off today. But yeah, I was I, curious when you came banging on the door for the keys to move the car from behind you at the crack of dawn today. Because I'm like, wait, are you working? No. I was like half asleep and I was so confused. <laughs> like, are you going to work? No, uh, me, and my, uh, me and my father, Big Sam, Big Sam, they call him, uh, we took my niece and nephew out uh, to the mini golf place today. Uh, but we didn't play mini golf. We played a sport that I'd never played before. And after two rounds of it, uh, I now feel like I'm ready to go pro at this sport. It is called, are you ready for this? Foot golf. Have you ever played foot golf? No, where did you? No, what's foot golf? <laughs> I mean, I kind of think it's, I Did you just not have clubs? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it's golf, but with soccer balls, and the holes are like oh, big giant where holes. Where is this? This was at uh, what used to be, I guess it would be called. It used to be Palm Springs. Used to be in Palm Springs. Oh, off of Route 49 at the beginning of Maynard Road. Yeah, yeah. Maynard Drive. It used to be a pitching putt, and I, I was sad. Yeah, I love that place. That pitching putt is now foot golf. Oh, wait, they oh. took out the pitching putt I for foot golf? They took out the We've got to pick it. We've <laughs> got to go. I have no I don't know, idea. Man. That pitching putt was such a nice course. That's why it closed, because nice. none of us go oh, there. Oh, man. A lot of wild <laughs> afternoons up there. I love pitching putt. Because, like, I'm not very good at golf, but, like, that's short enough where, like, I'm not going to lose my ball too bad because I can see it. So, let me, let me share my thoughts with foot golf here for you, by the way. Uh, one, foot golf is awesome. It's the greatest sport I've ever seen. I'm in love with it. I think I could probably at least make, like, the amateur team. Uh, but this was really the highlight of my, uh, my, my afternoon. Uh, and this is just dealing with my niece and nephew. I have an older girl nef- niece and a younger boy nephew, okay? So... What are the ages? I feel like the ages are uh, She is 11. He is 9. So wow, he's, we're getting old. We're getting old, I know. I remember when those kids were born. So, the first game, my niece cannot understand the concept of this of this sport, and she's losing very badly. And my nephew comes in second. Like he came, he beat my 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 father. Right, he did pretty good. So he's feeling real high and mighty in game one. Right, he's like, I can beat you, Uncle Sammy, and I'm like, Yo, I got like a 37. I'm good at this. Like, don't <laughs> don't don't front, son. So uh, we played the second game. Don't front, nephew. And he started getting tired. Or bored because he did pretty bad in the first two holes, and then all of a sudden he just sort of gave up and was just like kicking it real lackadaisically and not really into it. And now my niece is coming back 
So now I'm like egging around. I'm like, you're only like two strokes behind your your, your nephew. And I think I accidentally got them into a fight. Like I think that I, <laughs> I think that I, because she came back and won. Wow. And then at the end of it, he's like, oh, I let you win. And I'm like, you did not let her win. You gave up playing, which means you lost. It's a forfeit. Uh, it's a forfeit. I'm like, it's still a loss. But he uh, he made her feel really bad because he told her he let her win. And then I had to try and tell her that he did not let her win. I kind of want to go see this place. I kind of want to check it out. Next time, next week, we'll do a foot golf I run. Like it. All right. Uh, do you want to talk about your Utica Zoo membership before we go into the heavier stuff this week, Kev? No, I mean, I think that was, they sent me a sticker. It's great. Um, <laughs> they sent me, I was, a lot of people that I've said that I became a member at the Utica Zoo, like, I don't really go to the zoo almost ever, you know what I mean? Like, it's just when it's open, busy, work, and all sorts of stuff. Um, but I always liked the Utica Zoo. I loved them a lot when I was a kid. They provide a lot of enjoyment through my times living in this city, so I felt like the least I could do is give them a couple bucks for a membership. And now I get free access for a year. I don't know if I ever use it, but like I'm in there. I've got a card. I've got a sticker. It's if, a whole thing. So buy a membership walk, to the zoo. If you could just walk in whenever, I feel like I'd go there for like lunch. Stop and watch the goats. You can go in whenever. Yeah, like you just got the card. Like, let me swing through. I'll stop and get like you something just walk to take by out. And just flip the card go pick up there. a sub and eat near the sea lions. <laughs> like yeah, I'm in the zoo. I split a membership once when I was in New York with my cousin. Shout out to Mike Tease, Doctor Mike. Uh, we split a uh, membership to the Museum of Natural History. And I loved it. You just pop it whenever you want. But I went so many times to justify it that I'm like, I don't think I ever need to come back here ever again. <laughs> I've seen everything in there. Uh, that's my concern. Now you're going to see everything in the Utica Zoo. Yeah, what are you going to do afterwards? The always changing, though, and bringing in new animals and things like that. So. Well, also, like I said, it's counterintuitive. They give me the card where I can go wherever I want. But the reason I bought it is because I never get a chance to go. Exactly. I'd like to be able to show some support, but like I'm not able to just go on a Wednesday afternoon. So I'm a member. There you are. You are a member. In high standing. Congratulations. I've got a sticker to prove it. Put on your card. All right. Uh, so we sort of need to talk about the uh, the violence in Charlottesville this week. Yes, we do. Uh, it's been the big story everywhere. Uh, now, I know that we're not going to be able to cover this in as much detail as some of the larger news media out there in the world, and that's fine. I think there's a lot of good coverage going on right now about this. So uh, just a quick recap. Um, on Saturday, hundreds of protesters... Uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia, we're there for the Unite the Right rally, which is basically as Nazis. Nazis, yeah, a coming out party for the emboldened white nationalist movement in the United States, aka Nazis. Uh, yeah, Nazis. So um, there was a, <laughs> there were two events really that got a lot of press. Uh, one was the pre-rally march on Friday night, the torchlit one with all the. The white folks dressed up like Donald Trump screaming and holding tiki torches. Citronella Nazis. Citronella Nazis. <laughs> yeah, the Citronazis. Um, uh, and that sort of descended into violence on the campus of Virginia, which was very, very sad. Um, the actual rally itself on Saturday was dispersed a few minutes after it started on Saturday. And then not long after that, a it was reported that a Nazi sympathizer drove a car into a crowd of counter-protesters. A Nazi. Yeah, <laughs> Uh, killing one and injuring 19. There's a lot to unpack here about this. Um, but everything about this really does feel like one of the uglier moments in American history in recent times. Does it not? This is really one of the uglier things I feel like I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's... it's. Go ahead. No, no it's just, it is one thing when people were marching for things that they believed in, but this was just marching in hate and... It was so it was so sad to watch it live. You don't think it. these people believe in hate? Well, I, they think do. They, I, <laughs> I think mean, they I do know believe they do, in but hate. But like it feels like they were, there was someone that was showing a side by video of like, you know, like 50 years ago or whatever and mm. then showing now and it was so sad to see that 
that kind of hate was still happening. So, Kev, you have, I want to, there's a lot of different things I want to get into about this, but is there any, like, particular first thoughts you have you want to get out? I've got, I mean, uh, this is, this is one of those things where, like, I've got some broad points that I'd very much like to get that I feel very strongly about, and I can go in any direction with all of them, so not to fully derail it, but, I mean, I kept saying Nazis when you were talking about it, because I think it's important to call these people what they Mm, are, and it's not, like, we just want Mm. right-wing, no, no, you're Nazis, Mm. and we, we fought this war, and... The United States as a country made a decision in the early 1940s um, how we feel about Nazis and what we do with Nazis, yeah. and they've killed somebody. And I think it's gross that the president hasn't really called mm-hmm. them out until he had a whole bunch of pressure. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the first one to pop shit about almost anything that's not Vladimir Putin, yeah. and he had nothing to say about it. And I think that speaks a lot of him enabling this happening yes. around here, and it's shameful, and I think it's also interesting that... You've got these guys out here carrying torches. They're showing up with, you know, weapons and guns and bats and bricks and all that stuff saying, oh, we're here to peacefully protest. And I think it's interesting that they don't really get too much pushback. But when it's out here and people are, you know, protesting, if it's a bunch of black folks out there protesting, standing there with signs, they get arrested. For sure. The cops took They showed up with torches in the middle of the night like a bunch of (laughs) Cicinella Nazis that they are. I'm getting meandered, so bring it back. No, 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 I think it's a great point because uh, that's one of the things... We've talked, there's been a lot of overlying talk about, like, what is it that, like, Trump can say anything and the people will just eat it up, right? It doesn't yeah. matter what he says. This Nazi is kind of the thing that is, that, like, turns people's head, right? The word Nazi is never going to be perceived in a positive light by the mass. That's why you have to use it's it. That's why you, you have to use it. You can't call them, like, pro-white alliance. Yeah. You can't call them anything mm-hmm. but what they are, and it's Nazis. And I think it's, you, you look at the president, he has some shit to talk about anybody and everything. He mm-hmm. never, ever hesitates yeah. or is careful yeah. about popping off about any subject yeah. except for this specifically. Yeah. And so what does that say other than it's a tacit endorsement of it? And I think that it's finally the chickens have come home to roost because the Republican Party has been accepting these yeah. racists for votes for a long time yeah. without outright denouncing them. And now you see that situation kind of come to a head and it's going to get worse. Yeah. Uh a lot of people... Now, the Trump comment that got a lot of flack was the one that ended in, there's violence on many sides, or whatever it was, was the quote. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got a lot of people's uh, goat in general, because pe- do you feel like by him saying this, this is him supporting white supremacy? Absolutely. You think so? Absolutely. 10 billion percent. Because they retired. We put he you in never, office. He never minces words, not mm-hmm. saying, well, it's all mm-hmm. sides. No, there's only one side walking in here with guns and bats and helmets and riot gear. And it's mm-hmm. the Nazis, yeah. believe it or not. I mean... I think that there is... We've talked about what it would take for Republicans to really turn on on Trump. And this was the first time that I have noticed real sort of... Like, there were two of them I saw. Uh, it was Colorado Senator Cory uh, Gardner who had the We Must Call Evil By Its Name quote, which I really mm-hmm. liked. Uh, and then the other one was Orrin Hatch who had the quote, mm-hmm. which was, My brother didn't die fighting Nazis for it to go unchallenged today. Well, that's the a, thing. You notice the old men that are still yes. alive who remember yeah. the Nazis the first time through were like, No, no, no. Mm-hmm. But I even I saw Paul Ryan come out and Lindsey Graham said yeah. something and Mitch McConnell and John McCain. A lot of people have said stuff. And that is positive. I think um, mm-hmm. I saw that they've got nine more rallies protested or scheduled next week. Mm-hmm. They're going to march on the Google headquarters because of that big Google firing for the guy who put out that diatribe oh manifesto. God, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. So, but the, here, but you know, here's the thing where it becomes <laughs> yeah. uh, a big concern is the nine Google headquarters. They're talking about marching the the Nazis in. New York City mm-hmm. and Los Angeles and Seattle and San Francisco and Philadelphia. Good. Liberal the, strongholds. Here's the problem. If I could talk to every single person that would ever go out there as a counter-protester, 
what these people want more than anything is to be engaged with violence. Yes. They're out there instigating so they can point and be like, look at the violent left. Look at these people. We can't come out here. We have no free speech. They attacked us. That's what they want. And people need to be people fucking just careful. Not show up. No one show up. Be- but you also <laughs> have to show up because Nazis deserve to be exposed and called by name. It's mm-hmm. nice watching all the videos of the ones getting like tear gassed and crying yes. and then looking like a bunch of nerds and like getting found out they live at their parents' house and all their friends are like, mm-hmm. dude, what? What? That? Oh, well, that's the justice that I've really been in. Uh, yes. If if there isn't justice coming from our justice department, let me tell you who is. Is the internet has really taken uh, their time to take some dole out some justice on this. Uh, Twitter, in particular, has been going out and naming people who are in these photos from this Friday uh, from this mm-hmm. Friday rally and really getting them out there. Which the basic idea is like it's like Inglorious Bastards. We're gonna give you something you can't take off. Yeah. You want to talk all mm-hmm. this stuff about you know white saving white history or whatever the claim is that you think you're doing right oh, it's, oh i've got so much yeah Go. yeah oh. <laughs> no if you if you want to say it you know don't don't let the internet be the the thing that you know saves you from saving your opinion say it man like i don't feel if you ask me in public how i feel about this i'll condemn a nazi in public no that's right. anybody, me? anybody who says that like they're doxing people or it's not fair to put these people's identity out there and let their employers know you show up in a public park talking about how you're a nazi and you want to make a white ethno state Go ahead and tell everybody. You're so proud. You wanted to be cool. Now it's time to be brave. We're going to tell everybody you know. For it. So now you can go to any state and click on it and see who's part of any of those groups. Like, there's actually a lot of people around here who mm-hmm. have groups. So have you seen the picture? Of the, the There's the one kid. There's this famous picture of this kid right now screaming at the camera holding the tiki torch. It's probably the most famous photo here. Of all those dudes lined up. Yeah. That's actually, it's an incredible photo. Uh, it is. A, if they weren't wearing, if they weren't all wearing weird polo shirts and tiki torches. So this is Probably more evocative. They don't really look threatening. This is from The Independent. Um, so there was a student who was named in this. I'm not going to name him, but you can find him on the internet if you want. Or you can name him. It doesn't matter to me. What's his name? Uh, Peter Janabic. Janovic. Oh, the so dude his dad came out, right? Well, he's a 20-year-old studying University of Nevada, and he was picked, He was named in this, and he had some quotes. So I'm going to read the quotes to you guys, and I'm going to have you tell me where he loses you. Okay? Are you ready? <laughs> First of all, his quote was, I came to this march... For the message that white European culture has a right to you be... You lost me at the word white European. <laughs> there you go. Yep, that's it. Uh, yeah. So this was the quote. I came to this march for the message that white European culture has a right to be here just like every other culture. I came to this march because I'm a Nazi. <laughs> okay, so here... Okay, so here, let's move on. Do a translator. <laughs> it is not perfect... There are flaws to it, of course. However, I do believe that the replacement of the statue would be the slow replacement of white heritage within the United States. Stop. That's where he lost me right there. Yeah. I, I was willing to hear him out after the first quote because it didn't really say Yo, this anything. This whole Southern heritage thing, like, it's, oh, they're they so want to crazy. Bring back slavery. They just want it back to the old. Yeah, it yeah, will be the slow replacement of white heritage within the United States and the people who fought and defended and built their home. Wrong! Wrong! Wrong. So wrong. <laughs> they lost. Yeah. And here he goes. He continues on. Robert E. Lee is a great example of that. No, he's not. He wasn't a perfect human being. No, he was not. <laughs> but I want to honor and respect what he stood for during his time. Do you? Do you? If you do, then you're a Nazi. <laughs> here's, so here's, here's my thing. Well, it's, uh, a lot of what he's saying is because he's a Nazi uh, through and through. Mm. And, you know, you talk about this, like, white heritage. I'm about as white as they come, and Robert E. Lee is not my heritage. Robert E. Lee, they're, they're traitors who seceded, and, like, he may have had an interesting career and be historically significant. That's why a lot of these monuments they take down, do you know what they do with them? Mm-mm. Do you know what they do when they take mm-hmm. them down? They bring them to museums. Oh, yeah. Oh. And I believe in that. 
preserve the sure. monument, preserve the physical structure. Like, I mean, believe me, I'm the first person. I don't want to go taking down these structures and put up in these things necessarily. Art art. I mean, you want to maintain it, yeah, like as art and as you know, I've always been interested in you know that from that aspect, but. They don't need to be out here. Like, it's not doing anything seeing Robert E. Lee mm. out here along this park or this memorial way right. or a statue. Like, mm. it's just so intellectually dishonest. It's it's insane. It's crazy it's to insane. me. Hey, speaking of insane, uh, it's another week, and we are not yet at war with North Korea. Do you guys, you guys oh, want to talk oh, about that at all? Yep. <laughs> that happened after, our, after the show last week. Uh, yeah, we're not yet at war with North <laughs> Korea. Um, although, uh, can I say... The funniest part about this, I, I never actually believed that there was ever going to be anything. No, there wasn't. No. There wasn't and there isn't. They've got they nothing and we're not going to do anything. No, no. no. Uh, although, doesn't it make you a little nervous that Trump does have his hand on the button? Oh. You know, if anybody who he, he doesn't it. all the way, though. Like, he yeah. can't. It's he, still scary. I'm, I'm, it's, 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 scary. Cer- it's certainly scary and it's a tough time and it's, it's nice to see a lot of our diplomats that are working behind the scenes and people like that. Um... To, to help make things a little bit better, but this is like blessed. This is like watching two like fat little nerds on the playground, yeah. just like two <laughs> little spoiled bully kids that mm. run across each other and have to fight for like little crybaby supremacy. Mm. Neither of these idiots are doing it. It's crazy to me. One of the craziest things about the Trump presidency is how he can get uh, into these you know adversarial situations with people where he makes people that are you know categorically ridiculous seem like they're the smart guys. Like he's sitting here and Kim Jong Un's out here baiting him, saying the same shit his whole family's been saying for twenty five years. Trump's taking the bait, and I'm like, you know, you're getting outfoxed by Kim Jong-un. Like, that's mm. where we are. Well, listen, Kim Jong-un is saying what no one else wants to say. He called him a senile madman. <laughs> he is a senile madman. Well, be- because of the, the, the rampant dementia <laughs> would have to be probably you, the main thing. You have been he looks a- sick. He He's does. sick. He's mentally sick. I mean, it's. Mm. I used to work in a nursing home. I've seen it. Uh. <laughs> So you've been on this train for a while, Kev, about you think that you really do physically think that he's in the onsets of nature. I think that, I, look it, and I'll say it as respectfully as possible so that my opinion can seem as legitimate as possible, because if you're just making fun of somebody, his supporters may turn you off, but if you look at him in the way that he speaks, and you go back and look at videos of him speaking in the 80s and the 90s, and you watch how he formulates sentences off the cuff and speaks, he's got, he's got some cognitive decline at the very least, which is probably the third step on the mm. scale down to the seven of Alzheimer's and that's the first one you start noticing mm. he's not well his father died from Alzheimer's he's been unfit he's gotten very little sleep his whole life he's always been obese he's always been you know living this hard life he's in his 70s and it runs in the family like mm. that's real fucking life we need to stop electing these these mm. old grandfathers to politics for a million reasons but like this man is on a decline that's a real that's a real concern too that politicians in general are old you've got these people sitting here trying to figure out how we're going to figure out this new technological future and regulate the internet and all this other wild stuff that is going to matter in the future and matters to us and they can barely figure out how to check their own email without help you know what i mean how many times have you helped a parent like do something that's super easy but they don't get it and these people are in charge of the future when they're going to be dead in 10 minus years and just so you folks think we're not young folks run just so you folks think we're not ragging on trump and just being hard I, I pulled up a list. So, dementia does require a, an actual medical diagnosis for it to be called dementia. Uh, but symptoms tend to include forgetfulness, limited social skills, and thinking abilities becoming impaired to where they interfere with daily function. Uh, people may experience memory loss, mental decline, uh, confusion in the, easing, uh, in the evening hours, inability to speak or understand language, making, making things up, mental confusion, irritable <laughs> behavior, personality changes, restlessness, lack of restraint. 
<laughs> There's a lot of is people. Is this picture in that underneath all that? No. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I don't want to sit here and just be negative. I don't. I really don't. So, uh, I pulled up a quick list of nine behaviors that can cut your dementia risk by 35%. Because, although I don't like him as a president... Bomb uh, North Korea. <laughs> that's not number Bans one. Bans transgenders. <laughs> uh, like Alright, so number one. Number one thing you can do is check your hearing. It's not clear why, but there's a strong correlation between mild hearing loss and increased risk in cognitive decline and dementia. So get your hearing checked. Uh, two, keep learning. Uh, less education is also associated with increased risk of dementia because of something researchers call cognitive reserve. Who knew healthcare could be so hard? <laughs> I'm learning every day. You're on fire today. Oh, I'm so mad. There's so much going on. I'm just... No. I've got no outlet. This is my outlet. <laughs> Number three, uh, quit smoking. If you smoke, smoke is bad for your brain. It degrades cardiovascular health uh, and interferes with the body's ability to deliver oxygen to your brain. Uh, seek out treatment for depression. Number four, don't be depressed. It's bad for you. You know what helps that? Exercise, which he doesn't believe in because... If you, well, listen, you have a limited amount of breaths. Yeah, you're a battery. Humans are batteries, and once we run out of energy, that's the end. I don't know if you knew human that. heart insulation. So this is fake news, then. I should get rid of this. If that's, of course, obviously, uh, it's on the internet. I need some perfect fit. Oh, here you go. Be social. Like depression, it's unclear whether social isolation is a symptom or cause of dementia. However, evidence is growing that social isolation is a risk factor, and it increases oh, the risk I of hyper... I know, right? I think about that sometimes. <laughs> last 15 months I've been in the house. Uh, maintain a healthy body weight and keep your blood sugar in check. By 2050, an estimated 140 million people will be living with dementia it's which is scary dementia um, scares me a lot by yeah, the way like I gotta, of all the things I've said it many times I would and it's gonna sound kind of harsh I would prefer the cancer to the Alzheimer's oh, oh dude, yeah. that was mm. one of the things when, yeah. my, when my dad died very unexpectedly a year or two ago and cancer went from diagnosis to dead in you know, less than a month mm, probably, yeah. a very short amount of time and it was this tragic traumatic thing for the family and whatever and so you have a lot of conversations with your loved ones I remember talking to my brother and sister and we were all pretty well on the page. Like, if this is going to happen, at least it's going to be quick. You know, it's not going to be long-suffering. And thank God this isn't dementia. Dementia's horrifying because it takes away your dignity. And you have to, like, live through the horror of, like, forgetting things, forgetting who you are, where you are. Mm-hmm. At least with, like, a disease that kills you, it kills you, and that's it. And you're just dead. Right, like, yeah. Like, dementia, I mean, like you dementia. you know it's coming, and you're, you're You can have Alzheimer's it. and live for eight more years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's <sighs> no way. All right, so uh, hopefully none of you have dementia. Let's move on to this week's interview, which was actually a really great time. Uh, it was nice to talk to Katie Giacovelli. We were in drama club together, which took us a minute to try and remember where we knew each other from initially. Uh, but Katie works uh, at the OD. She is the marketing and events manager. Uh, she joined us this week as the OD prepares for their OD birthday bash, celebrating 200 years, which is really, really crazy when you think about it. Uh, that'll be August 19th at 11 a.m. Hey, you can make a full day of it by going to the OD Birthday Bash at 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. and then joining us uh, at Franklin Square for the Franklin Square Film Series uh, showing of Wally at 8 p.m. that day. night. Make a day of it, right? Okay. A great day. Uh, but for now, let's go to this week's interview uh, with GFOP Katie Giacobelli. We'll be back in just a moment. Okay, cool. 
you know, I used to I used to not tell people when we started recording. I yeah, because just, they're talking and they're not thinking that. There's a <laughs> the weirdest part about podcasting is this: people. I always feel bad when people walk in the door because I tend to sort of rush them into the studio. Yeah, and it's not to put pressure on them. It's because. A lot of times people will tell good stories and to me like, right off the bat. I'm like, no, 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 live. Yeah. save this. Yeah, no, I know. Because I kind of did that too. I was like, oh, how's your mom doing? No, no that's okay too. That's all right. <laughs> well, we'll get to that in a minute. But gotcha. uh, I want to start with a question that uh, I called the Katie question, the Catherine question. Uh, it's just Katie. Is it just Katie? My mom okay. did nicknames. No, so no. So it's just Vicky, it's just Maggie, and then my brother screwed it up. It's Gregory. Okay. But my mom didn't like Catherine, mm. so it's just Katie. So I'm not Samuel. I'm just Sam. So I'm. Are you, you really? Yeah, yeah. My. I've never met anyone else like that. My dad's nickname was Sam. Okay. And his real name was Salvatore. So okay. my mom, he wanted someone named after him. My mom didn't like the name Salvatore. They split the difference with just Sam. That's why I'm not Samuel. I'm also not Jewish. Which yeah. beard throws people off, but no, I'm not actually doing <laughs> yeah. anything with Samuel. So good. So just Kate then. Just Katie. Just Katie. Mm-hmm. No Kate then. No Kate. I Some, get, there's, sorry. A, there's a couple people who call me Kate, but it's very rare. Over the years, I've stopped calling GFOP Katie Riley Katie. I just call her Kate now. Just call Kate, yeah. So if I call you Kate at any point gotcha. in time, that's, that's why I'm doing it. Sorry about that. No, it's all um, good. So, uh, Katie, I need to start right here with you. And, of course, we're talking with Katie Giacovelli, the marketing and events manager at the Observer Dispatch. That is your full byline, I think, right? Correct. Good, good. You're an interesting case for me because we do go back a long way. Yes, we do. But unlike a lot, well, not unlike, like most people I've known for a long time, I don't exactly remember when we first crossed paths. My first thought is to say drama club. I was drama club, yeah. Was it drama club? I knew of you, but you were younger than I was, so. Yes. So we crossed paths, Mm. but it was never until drama that I really knew who you were. I want to say I think I knew your boyfriend at the time more than I knew you. Dan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big, tall, handsome Dan. (laughs) Tall, dark, and handsome, yes. (laughs) I love Dan. Yes, that's that's pretty much what people knew me for, because otherwise I was a theater nerd. Theater nerd, that's fine. I, I liked theater because at the time, whether it was middle school or high school, I was generally one of the few straight males yeah surrounded by and it was yeah, perfect it was because very, how many ladies are in there There were lots of ladies yeah uh and i was one of the few uh i wouldn't go out of my way to say handsome but i was not hard to look at yeah. as much as some so i get it yeah, yeah it was okay good move man it works it worked <laughs> and i felt bad for you what play were we in together i'm trying to think now so i did sweet charity were you involved yes in I was that? In, that was the only one in proctor i was in Okay, so then it had to be Sweet Charity because I didn't do anything before that, and then I was a little shop of horrors for my senior year. I did Sweet Charity. What were you, what? what, I was Vittorio Vidal. I did the... the, Oh, yes, because I was, I was the, um, what was it? The church lady. (laughs) Like the high hippie church lady. That's who who I was, Uh, yeah. uh, Sweet Charity, can I say it's not a good show? No, it's not a good show. It's really sad. It just keeps getting worse and worse as it goes on. And I'm like, why did they allow us to do that in high school? I wondered that too. Like someone brought this up to me in last week because I talked about I did Guys and Dolls in middle school. Yeah, and like you did Guys and well, Dolls. Well, no, then I saw you in Guys in... and Dolls because Dan was in Guys and Dolls. Yes, he was. Dan was Sky Masterson. Yes, and I was Nathan Detroit. Yes, and we were the two okay. leads in middle school. So I knew you from there, but I didn't I actually I didn't actually meet you mm-hmm. until we went to Proctor. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, and you okay? So Drama Club that makes sense. I love a Drama Club. I, I did too. I got kicked out of Drama Club. After the first, not kicked out, me oh, okay. and Valentini had a, uh, shout out to Mr. Valentini, we had, <laughs> oh man, memories, we, we had a bit of a disagreement okay. about uh, how much time I was spending playing lacrosse 
and not oh, just doing drama club. He was serious. He was like, if Very you're in serious. drama, this is your life. And I was frustrated at the time. Yeah. I was like, well, I know my parts. I'm here all the time. I, I'm always on point. Like, I want to do these two things. Like, you're so not... So what's the big deal? He, yeah. his, his ultimatum was pick one or the other. And my answer back was, don't make me pick one or the other because I will pick the other one to spite you. Gotcha. And that's kind of what happened. But did you continue playing lacrosse? Nope. I started, <laughs> no, I joined a band. I started okay. playing. I started playing like guitar and oh, gotcha. playing bass. And then when you guys were doing Little Shop, mm-hmm. I'm sorry for all you non-theater nerds. Oh, out there. that was my favorite like, show. It was Little my Shop favorite. of Horrors outside of the play Into the Woods, which for our listeners, if you've never seen either of these two shows, two of my favorite musicals of all time. I loved Into the Woods. I loved Little Shop. Mm-hmm. And when I left Drama Club, I said to a friend of mine, I want to say it was, um, God, I can't. Maybe it was Hansel Orfaro. Maybe. Oh wow, said, yeah, it's maybe maybe somebody there at the time, and I was just like, you know, I'm not coming back next year unless they do. Little Shop or Into the, the Woods. Woods. And they did Little Shop, so I said, oh, word. So I thought about going back, and somebody in the choir, like somebody who was not a lead, Yeah. I don't remember who it was. I do remember who it was. I'm just not going to call them oh, out okay. here on the show. I don't remember who it was. They told me, if you're not going to try, we don't really want you to come back. So much like anything else, you were out just of like, spite, well, I'm not I was do like, it then now. screw it. I'm not yeah. coming back. So yeah. that was it. Did you want to be an actress at that time? Like, Did you think like... you know? I wanted to be a singer at that time, mm. so because mm-hmm. I was in the jazz band. Oh, that's right. You because I I sang for graduation, but I was in the jazz band. So I think there was a couple people that said it was like Anthony Bianco. It was mm-hmm. like you should try out, and I was G-F-O-P, I Bianco. was really pissed that I didn't get yeah. a lead in Sweet Charity. But mm-hmm. I was like, whatever, fine, you know. Yeah. Amay, our friend Amay. Got yeah, Amay, she was great. She was great. So when Little Shop of Horrors came, that was like my favorite musical of all time so yeah. I've had you know the movie the, everything mm-hmm. so when that came out I was like well maybe I'll I'll get the lead but the thing about that is when I got the lead it was we had double rolled yes I was so mad. yes that always so mad I was like I just got this opportunity to get the lead and now I have to share it with somebody for those of you who don't do drama club that's something that happens in in middle schools and high schools a lot oh. where they'll do separate casts for each day because you want to get everybody in but it is frustrating when oh, you're I was like so pissed I was like, you know what? I spent all this time. I like really, really studied my lines and singing, and then they're like, we're gonna double cast this. Double I'm cast, like, yeah. wonderful. But oh, it was a great so experience. Gross. But I mean, that show, I was like, oh, maybe I want to do acting. Mm-hmm. But that kind of fell apart when I yeah. went to college. It was like, oh, I can't really make money off of this. My sister went to musical went to Syracuse University okay. with a musical theater degree. She was an amazing singer. Yeah. Sister Kelly, shout out to my sister Kelly. She's an amazing, amazing singer, and she's a great actress. But she's just kind of she's short kind of normal-looking human being. You know what I mean? I always thought she was the most amazing, like, actress and singer I'd ever heard, and when she, like, followed her dream and went to New York and tried to do that thing, and she, you know, hit brick wall and Mm -hmm. brick wall and brick wall and brick wall, and she kept trying to get, they kept trying to cast her as a character actress, and she's like, I don't That's how they were with me, too. So it's like, you you have that, you either have that look or you're kind of that character, they put you in that. She's like, I'm always somebody's mom. I'm always, yeah, I'm always somebody's, like, goofy friend yep. right yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I, I totally get it because that's how it was with me and I was like I don't really want to do this but yeah no I get that can I tell you I didn't know you were working for the Observer Dispatch until you got stuck next to me at the Utica Day booth I was very confused at why you were sitting at the OD booth I, I kind of disappeared for a little bit <laughs> yeah. I was living in Cincinnati oh two years ago really so I was working for UTR what was it three three years ago mm-hmm. And a buddy of mine was working down in Cincinnati for, it's called 3CDC. It's um, Cincinnati Center City Development. Huh. And basically it's a nonprofit. And what they do is they revitalize downtown Cincinnati. Yeah. So they buy up all these buildings that are crumbling. 
and they either make them into like pop-up shops, retail, or, you know, living Mm -hmm. spaces. So I was working for them and there was a giant LED board in downtown Cincinnati that I was running. Mm -hmm. So I was in Cincinnati for a year. Yeah. And then loved Cincinnati, thought it was great, just kind of wasn't my thing. So, and I miss family, but, you know. What year was Cincinnati you were in? Oh, my God. Post-college? This is post-college, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, good. So I, you know, I just moved out to Cincinnati because I'm like, I'm not doing anything crazy. I was just doing video editing on the side yeah. here and there. Um, but then I decided to come back, and I literally applied to the OD when I was in Cincinnati. They told me they didn't have a position available. Mm-hmm. Got home around this time, so it's going to be... Yeah, like two years ago. Yeah. You must have came right back right around when I came back. Pro- I, yeah, I did. It's I did, right yeah. probably around May 2005. Something, 15. 15, 15, yeah. 15, yeah. So then they called me and they said, we have a position open. I went and interviewed and I started out in advertising and then it'll be a year in this role for marketing and events around this time. Mm-hmm. This, is an interesting, this is an interesting question. Uh, I've only been to Cincinnati once. I had mm-hmm. a terrible uh, experience in the airport, which is the only part of Cincinnati in, I've ever been to. Well, it's in Covington. It's in, in Kentucky. It's, yeah. I got dropped off there at 3 in the morning. It's an awful uh, airport. Waiting for a 10 a.m. flight. Yeah, and I couldn't. Awful. I couldn't get in. Mm-hmm. I got stuck in the, the concourse next to a vending machine for yeah. six hours. It was terrible. Uh, <laughs> but I'm curious because people ask me all the time, you came back to Utica right around the same time mm-hmm. I came back from New York. A lot of people give you the, the stick when you come back from a big city to Utica. And there, there is that sort of feeling like, all right, how am I going to answer this question? Exactly. Like, what made you come back? Yeah, what made you come back? What, did you think you were going to come back when you left at Cincinnati in the first time? No, I didn't, but I had that attitude like, I need to get out of here, mm-hmm. and I'm just, you know, done mm-hmm. with this place. And when I was in Cincinnati, it's not much that different from here. They're yeah. doing a lot of things. They're actually doing a lot of things that we're doing now, mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool I get to see what's happening, but I've already known what's going to happen because yes. I've been in Cincinnati, and they're doing the same exact thing. And it's like that grass isn't always greener. Yeah. So I'm happy to be back, and it, I didn't expect to be back, but I am very happy that I'm back now. What's interesting about Cincinnati to me, though, is, like, Cincinnati's not one of the big three, right? Yeah, like, so, I know. So, like, to get brought into Cincinnati, not, I'm not trying to knock Cincinnati, no, mind you. No, I know. Everybody was like, where are you going? I'm like, Cincinnati, they're like, what? When people tell me they're leaving somewhere, it's like, I'm going to New York, I'm going to Los Angeles, I'm going to Chicago. Exactly. Uh, Miami is the alternate Chicago, it's, like, that alternate exactly, third city. Yep. Uh, but Cincinnati is kind of a forgotten metropolis. It right? is. Like, yeah, yeah. It is, and it's funny, because the only reason I remember Cincinnati, have you ever seen Babes in Toyland? I'm familiar with the movie. There's a song called Cincinnati, and Keanu Reeves sings the whole thing. So, like, I knew it from that. But other than that, I had no idea what Cincinnati was about. You know, I've heard of it. Just the baseball team is the only thing I know of. Yeah, and they were, and I don't know. I'm a Cubs fan, so. (laughs) Are you actually Cubs? Okay, I wanted to ask you that. Yeah, I knew this was going to come up. I saw a couple Cubs-based things on your Facebook page when I was doing my professional research, and I just assumed, and don't, you're going to, Maybe this is sexist to say this. I assume that maybe Will liked the Cubs and you jumped on board. So Will does like the Cubs, okay. and I jumped right. on board. But I've always been, out of all the sports, I'm not a big football. Can't stand football. No, I don't like football. Basketball either. bores. I'm so, That's my number two. It's awful. That's my number two. But I've always kind of watched baseball and stuff. So yeah. when we were out there, I worked with Cincinnati Reds once in a while because we sure. would show it on the LED board. Um, so I would go to a lot of the games, but I never really liked the team. So when Will moved yeah. out there with me, he was, he was a big Cubs fan. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, wow, they're awesome. Then we went to Chicago to Wrigley, and I had the best time. We sat in the new bleacher seats. It was, Isn't it great? Oh, my God. It's beautiful. It it's was beautiful awesome. Place. So I've always, I've just can, kind of been following them ever since then. And then when they won the World Series, I got to watch Will cry. It was great. <laughs> it was awesome. It's a, it's a weird moment to watch something like that with a significant other. I was, yes. with, uh, I was with a girlfriend of mine at the time. 
guy from Syracuse. Okay. Like, won their title in 2004. And she's like, why do you, you oh, go to thing. Syracuse? Like, why do you care? Like, about people this? are hugging like, each other. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I've been hugged at sporting events, which is a weird moment, well, too. Well, and that's what it's Will likes weird, about yeah. going to baseball games. And I get it, because you have that... You may not know this person, but they're wearing a cup shirt, and you're like, yeah, we're mm. friends, you know? Yeah, I've been hugged by Yankee fans before, many times, which is odd. You wouldn't think Yankee fans would want to touch it. Yankee fans I are know, but they're all about no, it. they're very happy. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so we've talked about Cincinnati and Chicago. Let's take it back to the beginning, though. So, yeah. uh, you were born here? Born raised, Born yep. raised here. Where'd mm-hmm. you go? And you went to, you went to Proctor, obviously. Went to Proctor, yep. Uh, I always, it's always funny, I like to ask people about the stereotypes that go with their schools in. I went to Proctor, so I faced the Proctor stereotypes yeah. that were all hood ghetto scumbags and we're ready to rob you and take all your stuff. And to be fair, I have gone to some parties as a kid where the Proctor kids did steal a lot of stuff. It's not <laughs> like we didn't not earn that reputation. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what did you think about the reputation that we had as Proctor Raiders growing up? You know, I was a nerd, so I didn't do parties and mm. I didn't do any of that stuff. But I always thought, you know, they said, oh, it's very clicky and, you know, you're either ghetto yeah. or, you know, you're this or that. But I kind of hung with everybody. Uh-huh. I was just there. Yeah. So I never really had, I wasn't on any big sports teams. I played volleyball for probably mm, a year and that was it. You're very tall. Yeah, you're but it wasn't, high. it was weird. It wasn't like I had a set group of friends. I kind of just kind of was mm. with whoever, you yeah, know? Yeah. So I didn't really see it. I know people, oh, it's so bad. I never found it to be dangerous or like I didn't want to go to school or I felt like I needed to protect myself. Sure. Yeah, never had that. No, I never had that either. I think, and what I know it's funny because I work at one of the middle schools now and I, a lot of these kids are going up to Proctor. Proctor, yeah. And they're like concerned about it. And I have to tell them, I'm like, no. My nephews are like that. No. Yes, I know. What I loved about Proctor, and I think it's important, especially this isn't just Proctor, this is uh, any sort of large scale school Mm -hmm. in general. The size of Proctor sort of stops it from becoming the high school stereotype you see in movies. There's no such thing as the cool kids because if there were like 10 cool kids, that's 10 out of 570 kids in that class, right? Mm -hmm. It's not enough to compensate for a ratio. So I never, yeah, I loved Proctor in that way because you could just sort of do whatever you wanted and you would float around and you would, there'd be people who do what you like and people who don't do what you like and you sort of hang with who you want to hang with. That doesn't register for a lot of kids younger than that. They, it takes them some time to get... Kids are different now, too. We didn't have the mm-hmm. internet. We were forced to, like... Talk well, to we people. sort of had the internet, I guess. We had AOL. Yeah, yes, we had AIM. And AIM. <laughs> yes. I mean, do you even remember your, your AM? Yes, I do. I do. My first one was... Okay, so I was into this band, No Effects. Okay. a punk band. And they had a lead singer, Fat Mike. Okay. So I was Fat Sam 1086. I do my, remember mine. Yeah, oh, my God. Sam mine was Whoopi Slim, because it's... Whoop- <laughs> Because we used to call my little sister Whoopie Cheeks, and when I was playing volleyball, they used to call me Slim Jim, because I was like tall and lanky, yeah. so I was like, I need to have something cool, and I hate numbers yeah. in screen names. Yes. Because I can't remember them. Ah. So see. I was like, I need to find something that doesn't have a number in it, and that was like the only thing I could find. That's why I've never gotten rid of my Twitter handle. My okay. Twitter handle is SFDoom, which I found out, because I was on Twitter pretty early. Mm-hmm. There were about 14 SFDooms now. Who have like SF Doom underscore Numbers, yeah. SF Doom 13, blah, 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 blah. So now, even if I wanted to get rid of it, I can't you because can. it'll be gone forever. Exactly. So it's now mine. That's it. I exactly. have to embrace it. Uh, so you're born and raised at Proctor. And in high school, what were you thinking about? You were still thinking about like singing at that point? I was, in time? yeah, I was yeah. really into singing. I mm-hmm. thought, in my mind, I was like, I'm going to get discovered. 
And I, was, I think about this now. I'm like, oh, God, you're such a nerd. I was like, I'm going to get discovered, and I'm going to move to New York City, and I'm going to have a CD, and then my life's going to be grand. And none of that ever happened. Did you go to college afterwards? I did. Where'd you go? I went to MV first, and then mm. I went to um, Stony Brook University. Stony Brook. Yeah. Nice. What did you, uh, you study at Stony Brook? I was a theater major. I started off mm. wanting to do, you know, acting, but I ended up doing a lot of backstage stuff. So I did a lot mm. of lighting, sound, set design. That type of stuff. Yeah, the un, the underappreciated work. The underappreciated where everybody hates you, but they're like, everybody. if you didn't, if you weren't there, the thing wouldn't happen. So, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's <laughs> yeah. I, uh, last week when we had the old main on, I sort of talked about that. When you're in a band, there's always there's the guy who books the shows, mm-hmm. and then there's the creative guys who are like, hey, where did this show come from? <laughs> right? Exactly. Like, it's like, yes. Someone's got to do the dirty work. Right? Exactly. All right. So you went to Stony Brook uh, for theater. Mm-hmm. Then, then take. Then you go to Cincinnati afterwards. Then I came back came. and I was working for a sound company, Finelli Sound, for yeah. six years. So I want to say I feel like I saw you around here for yeah. a while. I was working on yeah. the Saranax. Mm-hmm. I was I was a monitor engineer. Sure. Which was kind of odd because there wasn't that many female mm-hmm. monitor engineers in this area. Mm. So I did that for six years, and then I just needed a change. So I started doing video editing, and then video editing. I still I do a, it. I have <laughs> a soft spot for video editing. I know it's my friend Adam. Uh, shout out to my buddy Adam. Is a video editor. He's a freelance video editor in New York. He does all sorts of stuff. VH1. Goldstein, right? Yeah, Goldie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Goldie. Because yeah. he just got a new job. He's always getting new jobs. Okay, he, yeah, because you bounce around when you, you're. He's he was good like that. He was crazy. That was what the freelance thing always blew my mind. Because mm-hmm. he'd be like, "Oh, I'm working for Bravo this week," and yeah. I'm like, "Oh yeah." He's like, ah, "Next week I'm done do some VH1 yeah. stuff." I'm like, "Who exactly. do you actually work for?" He's like, yeah. "I work for myself." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Must be nice. It's it's cool, but it's um, a pain. I video editing is the one sort of current tech whatever you want to call it, like current weird side job trade that I wish I had caught on. I'm never going to be good at coding. I was never going to be good at web yeah. design. Video editing is something that in my head I do all the time. I feel like I live in a TV show sometimes anyway. Yeah. Like my like people are watching me somehow. Like <laughs> I should be having <laughs> yeah. a soundtrack. Uh, so I love that. I love that. Did you um, Did you think there was a future in that for you somewhere? Just doing that? Like I did and I almost, I still wish that maybe that's something I want to, Tried mm-hmm. to do a little bit more of. I was working yeah. on organization motivation, Deb Cabral show. Mm-hmm. So I was working on that, which was a weekly show. Yeah, yeah, that's top and, of the weekly show. <laughs> it was. It. I loved it, but it was just a lot of work because mm-hmm. around this area, it's you're not getting paid like New York City no. or L.A. Mm-mm. It's you're getting paid like, hey, can I give you this what little amount of money and can you do everything? Yeah. So you know, I was used to that. So. I got tired of that a little bit, and then I kind of took a two-month hiatus and went to Greece because why not? I was going to ask you, 2013, you went to Greece and Denmark? Well, I was in Denmark because I had to go to Denmark first and then go out to Greece, but Mm. I was in Greece for like two months. My girlfriend in college, who I'm still really good friends with, she is from Manhattan, but her father's Mm. from Greece, in a little island called Patmos, and it's where like John the Revelator wrote the Book of Revelations and all that. It's really creepy. Yeah, yeah. So we went out for two months, and Mm. then did some video work when I came back, and then that's when I started working for UTR. What's the biggest difference, before we get off of it, I'm curious, what's the biggest difference about European, the European lifestyle as opposed to the American lifestyle? Everything. Everything. It's really weird, and... I feel when I was out there, I felt so uneducated. <laughs> Everyone spoke like four yeah, different yeah. languages. Everybody was so cultured, and obviously, you get mad if you know more than one language now in America. Like, I'm telling you, and it was so interesting to me. Like when you would talk to these people, you'd have people from all over the world. Not just not Greeks were there. There was people sure. like with French people there. You know, you had 
um, Kenyan people there just visiting the island, and mm. they just all spoke all these different languages. They were so in tune with what was going on in the world, and I'm just like, hi, I'm from America, and I wanted to <laughs> relax. Like, that was my thing, Yeah, yeah, you know? I'm just chilling, yeah, yeah. So I try, I try to learn Greek a little bit, but it's such a difficult language. Mm. Like, I only learned yeah, yeah. how to say, like, three words, and I still... I just ate yes. the food. That's basically what I did. I was I ate food and drank coffee the entire time. That's fair. Do they like Americans over there? Yeah, they're yeah, yeah. super they're cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. And even even their English was sometimes better mm. than mine. Yeah. The only place I've ever gone to where it felt like they didn't like me because I was American was Montreal. That was I the hear, only... I hear that. Yeah. yeah, they were not... I might as well just told them I was from Toronto. It would have been better off. <laughs> like, whatever. Been <laughs> um... So let me let's fast forward to the uh, Observer Dispatch sure. since we could get caught up talking about Greece forever. It yeah, seems I know. Like. Um, how did you initially get your feet in the door for the OD? Uh, I literally emailed them emailed and said, them, yeah, I, yeah. Need I, mean, <laughs> yeah. "I need a job." I need a job, and one of the, the biggest thing that stuck out was my video editing yes, because sure. we're so used to saying newspapers being paper, and mm -hmm. you know, as we move away from the newspaper, the actual yeah. print, there's mm -hmm. some there, you know you still have to have the news, but you have to have a way to catch. Mm -hmm. our you know this generation so the editing was kind of what drew the advertising team to my resume yeah. which is what, how I got my foot in the door I don't think this is your department but I'm I'm curious <laughs> I want to bring this up because this is something I noticed the ODs website and almost every other major newspaper news, website yeah. and thing there's a fine line that you need to draw about accessibility and making a profit mm -hmm. right like I I love The Economist you ever read The Economist yes The Economist is great mm-hmm they won't let you read anything on their website. You exactly. Need, you really you have need... to have a subscription or you're locked yeah, out. Nothing. Mm -hmm. um, you guys do sort of like the however many a month rotation thing. Usually, is, yeah, I think yeah, it's up like to now. We kind of, we've been testing some stuff. I yeah. think it's 15 articles yeah. you can read before you're locked out yeah. until the next month. And mm -hmm. then it resets. Which is fair, I think, for the mm -hmm. most part. Uh, but that's got to be, like, there's that's got to be changing all the time. Like, it just depends on what kind of... It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. Like, we try for major events in the area. We mm -hmm. try to do, we lower the paywall so that way it's free. Right. For yeah, yeah. Boilermaker, we do stuff sure. for that. And we struggle with it, too, because it's like, we are a business and we do have to make money. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we don't want to prevent anyone from getting news that's yeah. going on in our in our in our community well, so it's much like anything else like the cost of newspapers go up and you guys probably don't get paid anymore exactly so. <laughs> and i think about it i think about it as like netflix or hulu i mean you're paying yeah. a subscription for that mm. to watch the movies that you well, want to watch apparently netflix has no money from what i read in that's the news yeah this week. They're like 20 million although i kind of think of it like remember when, like when we were younger and they were like amazon's out of money yeah. I think a lot of that is just that they're like, it doesn't matter that they're out of money, they're like a mainstream brand now, and they'll eventually... They'll eventually yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, they've already made their bones. Exactly. Speaking of making their bones, the OD celebrating 200 years. Yeah. Can you... That's ridiculous. The old Mary. The old that Mary. That is ridiculous. <laughs> 200... Can you, I, What other business? I mean, the Erie Canal had their 200th. Well, we talked about when, uh, when S. Alexander Gerold was on the show... Yes. Uh, few months back it was we talked about this and it was right around the time that the they were the, having their the, 200 so our first thought was like the first couple ods must have just been rants about clinton's ditch just like eh, shaking their fist at clinton what a terrible idea this was stupid canal like that must have well, been well it's it was weird if you look at the old papers a lot of them are just stories and yeah. like plays and all of that stuff and there was no photos in there at all it was kind of boring but it was the entertainment for the people at the time yeah. What's fascinating, if you ever get a chance to do this, go to, I'm sure the United County Historical Society does this, but I went to the New York State Historical Society okay. in New York, and they have a lot of 
the old papers from yeah. back in the day. And the best part about those are the classifieds. Oh my it's god, just like, they're so good. Find a goat for sale, best price. It's like, oh, you can just yes. buy a goat. <laughs> I love well, it. My, what I like looking at is the old advertisements for the papers. Yes. It's like, buy a hat and you'll mm. get married next week. Like, mm. those type deal. Like, mm. it's bizarre the stuff that was allowed mm. to be put in the papers. Because I had to go through them as we were kind of researching for mm. this this anniversary. And I'm like, some of these, and I don't consider myself a feminist, but at the same time, I'm like, why do you need to buy a hat to be considered like a woman? This is weird. But it was in the paper. You know what's weird though? I think that some of that stuff actually is really recent. I watched something, God, I watched a movie. I think it was like the Bad News Bears. Uh-huh. It's not that old of a movie. And it's like, you know, you could not make this today. No. Like it's really crazy how quick the, the shift came in terms I, of it's like. It's bizarre. It is. It's a different world. We it's like buy these, buy this apron for Christmas. Your your wife will love it. Like yeah. what? <laughs> Nothing says Christmas like a fine vacuum. It's yeah, like, uh, exactly. It? There's tons of those in the paper. <laughs> and it made me so mad. But I'm like, this is this is history, so. <laughs> so when you get to the, if you, I'm sure in the South there are a lot worse things in the classified section. I'm sure, that I I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so let me ask you this. Uh, you are taking a lot of pain and suffering on yourself, I've noticed, about postponing this. Oh my uh, this OD uh, birthday bash from last weekend. Yes. You're really hammering yourself over it. I, I don't am. think you need to. It's okay. I know, but the, okay. Two things. I'm glad that we postponed it because, sure. God forbid, there was severe weather. Yes, which we could happen to, at any time in Utica. You days. never know. You know, me coming from the backstage background, exactly. sound equipment, that's what comes in my head. Mm-hmm. If it's pouring rain, sound equipment getting ruined, yes. it's like... So when it started to rain this past week, and I was like, yes, see, I knew this was for a reason. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of it is we have tents up. You don't want to be outside in lightning exactly. when there's a tent. Right, of course. So sure. I'm for... cool with that. But... It was kind of chaotic last weekend yeah. because, so you postpone this event, so now you have to reschedule everything, and it's like, who's available when? It's this, you know, you're going to get the same vendors. We lucked out, and we have pretty much everything's the yeah. same. You got showtime. Oh, we got right. showtime. Oh, showtime. So I called up Joe Rossi, and I'm like, listen, when are you available? <laughs> and he's like, well, I can't do it tomorrow. I can't do it on Sunday because Justin ha- Justin mm. Smithson, he's having a baby, so he had a diaper pl- thing. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't want you to reschedule that. Yeah. But he's like, I have Saturday open, and that's it for the rest of the summer for us. And I'm like, well, we got to do it on the 19th because yeah, yeah. That's, that's the only way this is going to happen. <laughs> like, we built our party around showtime. Yeah. So it's. Good. It's worth you it. Know, they're worth it. They're awesome. Yeah, they played great. the Boilermaker. They were great. Mm. I did not pay attention because I was breathing heavily and drinking So, beer. did you run the 15? Yes. Fourth year in a row. And I am... I think this was it. This is... I think that next year, it's not 41. Yeah. 41 for, it's not a round number. I already That's got the, the cup. Yeah, you're good. I think the 5K will be fine next year for me. I, I ran the 5K. Did you like it? I liked it. And here's why I liked it. Because I wasn't sweating. Yes. Fair. I never ran the 15 because I don't think I could it's, do it. It's fine. You, you'd be able to do it. I got people to cheer for me. Yeah, yeah. I don't drink beer, so the end wasn't that like, oh, you know. So yeah. I literally ran the 5K yeah. and went home. I'm actually not a big beer drinker myself. Okay. So um, over the yeah, it's over the yeah, it's, I have that problem when I go to bars with people. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll have a drink. And then I'm like, well, I'm done now. Yeah, I'm going to oh, go you, home. See you later. Are you guys are still here? <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you guys are, okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I know what you mean. So, but my thing with the Boilermaker is I never understood this idea that we're going to go to the end of the Boilermaker, and then once we're done, drink all you want. If you ran 15... You're all dehydrated. There, That's the last thing you need. I had one beer at the end, and I was like, ah, someone take me home. I want McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. Then, yeah. uh, <laughs> That's exactly what it is. But I don't know if I could run the 15th. You can do it. If you... I, 
We'll, we'll get into that off the air, but I, I, yeah. I'll give you motivation. But you could definitely do it if you are in any sort of shape. It's not as hard. Gotcha. As well, my running for. picture was better at 5K because you're not sweaty, yes. so you can, like, pose. Oh, yeah. My pictures are always just like, oh, like <laughs> death. My face looks like it's melted into my neck. Yeah. Um, so I'm getting off track. August 19th is the new date. Yes. Uh, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Hey, that's Correct. the same day as the Franklin Square film series, so you can make it sort of a day thing. Hey, yeah. yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, it's going to be at the actual OD building. That's 221 Oriskany Street. Yes, East. we have the giant employee parking mm-hmm. lot, which is about 17,000 square feet. So mm-hmm. I don't, it's obviously not as big as the Saranac parking lot, yeah. but it's pretty darn big. So, so you, you got Showtime, you got all sorts of music vendors, uh, food vendors. Food vendors. Yeah. We're on um, Holland Farms is being awesome. Nice. Maryland's giving us 600 mini half moons to celebrate. Happy mm-hmm. birthday. Here you go. So that's while supplies last. So get in mm-hmm. early because. Oh, yeah. I'm and, probably uh, not going to get one, which really makes me really mad. <laughs> yeah, but, please, I, you know. That's the that's the cost of being part of the team that puts it together. When, if we do a Made in Utica event, we're giving something away. You can be damn sure I'm not getting You're it. You're not getting I'm any of them. I'm not getting any of them. It sucks because you don't realize. Everyone's like, you're so awesome. You get to do all these events. I'm like, yeah, I don't eat any of the food. I don't partake in any of the activities. And I'm miserable at the end. I had somebody made a, sni- <laughs> somebody made a snide remark to one of our videos that we make, one of those Franklin, yeah, yeah. Franklin Square film series videos where we do like the movies. Exactly. And somebody made a snide remark once I heard in the crowd going like, look at all the free time these guys have. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? You know, you, like, do you know, like, you I'm know, miserable while I'm making this? Do you know how long it took me to make this? And <laughs> yeah. when I had to do it, it was not, yeah, all the free time yes. I have to do this. Um, no, but listen, I, uh, I think that it's awesome that you guys are doing the celebration. I think you made the right call. See, I don't want you to stress about yourself. No, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, UticaOD.com backslash anniversary. Correct. And you guys must be charging a pretty penny to get into this event. No, this event is free. Of course it is. It's free. I mean, obviously for purchase for the food trucks and stuff like that. But um, we do have free face painting and we're going to do some crafts. BB Designs is going to be there, um, mm, so awesome. that'll be cool. And the show is completely free, and we'll have awesome. Saranac products. But it's just it's mm. a time to come out and have a good time with friends and family. And, yeah, you know, get out. Don't sit in the house on the weekend. It's almost the end of the summertime. It doesn't seem I like know. it, but the summertime is it's coming. Here. Yeah, we got two weeks left before the snow comes, I think, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, right. September 1st, <laughs> I assume, is when the snow comes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you to go od.com backslash anniversary. Correct. Check it out, uh, and then come to Franklin Square afterwards. It'll exactly. Be a lot of fun. So I have a couple of things. I do want to get into the non-sequiturs with you, but I have sure. a couple of things I needed to discuss with you that I just noticed oh, as dear. we were discussing. Uh, on June 24th this year, you posted some photos to your Instagram at a Hall and Oats concert. I did not know <gasps> oh you were such a Hall and Oats person. I, okay. So <laughs> it was on a whim. Will's like, Hall and Oats is playing in Boston and Tears for Fear is opening. I'm like, yeah, yes, let's go. For sure. So we built a weekend trip, which was the most chaotic and stressful trip ever just yeah. to go to this concert. <laughs> but can I tell you, I was really disappointed in Hall and Oats. Really? Hall and Oats was good. Don't get me mm. wrong. Tears for Fears was phenomenal. Like, really? I... Oh, my God. Did they just play that one song over no, and over No, they played again? everything. It was so good. Their voices are just perfect. Hall and Oates, he doesn't have the pipes anymore. Well... I know, yeah. I know, but I get frustrated because in your mind, you're thinking of all of these songs and all these high notes that he's hitting, and it's he gets out, and it was... The sound wasn't that good. Yeah, yeah. First off, if you want to feel better about him... Go watch his YouTube series there. Okay. Uh, live at Daryl's house. Yes. Yep. Uh, it'll make you feel better about his singing voice because he's really good. In the okay. Studio. But it could have just been the sound guy because could have been the sound because guy. I'm a snob since I've been a monitor yeah. engineer. There was feedback <laughs> and I'm like, okay, you're cheating a little bit on the microphone uh, because he's his voice is not as good as it was. So I was a little I was a little you know. Let me well, let me say this. I saw Hollow Notes in New York. Okay. A while back and 
Sound wise, I don't remember much about whether how good or not they were. Here's what I remember: I was in New York. It was in Brooklyn at a music slash food festival that they tried okay. to make happen for a couple of years, and it didn't get off the ground. It was called the Great Gugamuga. If you want to look for a good, <laughs> if you're looking for it's a, a good, good name, it was a good name. If you're looking for a good internet dive, look up the Great Gugamuga. It was like 2013, 14, okay. maybe. It, it was a disaster. Like the the, the setup was terrible. Uh, the music was good though, and Hall and Oates were one of the bands playing. Okay. And what I thought was wild was it. Daryl Hall had a fan on the side of stage to make his hair billow <laughs> when he sang. He looked like, he did have he, he looked like Diana Ross. He did oh have his fan. God. He had oh, his stage fan going. Was, I, that's the kind of like detail. That's like Disney level detail yes. work. I appreciated it's that. It's called the Mariah Carey fan. The Mariah Carey. That's what it is. <laughs> well, actually, it was before him. So, it's, yeah, it was him. Uh, so, yeah, I'm glad that you appreciate the, the, the musical stylings of Hall and Oros. Oh, my God. It was, I mean, tears uh, for fears, though, I got to say. <laughs> They were, they kicked ass. It was really good. Speaking of kicking ass, uh, there's something else that you are very kicking, uh, kick ass at, I've noticed, and you are excellent at Halloween costumes. I want to talk to you about this. Uh, for those folks who are friends with you on uh, Facebook or Instagram, go check out her, her Brett the Hitman Hart Halloween costume, which is the most accurate Brett Hart costume I've ever seen. Uh, however, I want to point something out uh, that I noticed, a different costume that I saw yeah. you did. I had a girlfriend in New York, my friend Aaron, who I'm still very close with. Shout out to my friend Aaron in New York. Uh, we were doing Halloween one year, and she went as a uh, Renee Marguerite painting called <gasps> The Son of Man, where she wore a bowler. She did? She, yeah. Shut and I up. saw that you also I did this. I thought I was the only one that would like, <laughs> no. be obnoxious and do that. Did she? Okay, can I tell you, having an apple in front of your face for the entire night in parties, not fun. Do you know what she did? She put an apple on a fork. And when people asked her who she was, she held the fork up in front of her face to hold oh, the apple up in front I, of her face. I committed yeah. and did. You committed and put it on your hat, didn't you? <laughs> I had it fish-wired into the, the hat. Yeah, yeah. And I literally walked around like that. And, and yes. for those who know me, my nose is fairly large. So I don't, I don't understand. I had to worry about the, the <laughs> apple flopping from one side to the other. That's... But I figured it out so it was just perfect where it did hang. It's very intimate detail. Yes, no. And Will was like, oh my God. And I didn't want to take it off because when I you take it off, what are you? Just a person in There's a suit. There's right? a bowler hat. That's it. Yeah. You're a 50s guy. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But no, like I thought I was the only one that would think to do that. No, it's, it's obnoxious. It's a great costume. Okay, it's a phenomenal okay, cool, costume. Cool. Uh, Renee Magritte, uh, Magritte, Magritte is actually one of my favorites. I, oh, okay. uh, have you ever seen the painting, uh, The Treachery of Illusions? Or Treachery of Images? Which one is that? That's the, it's the picture of a pipe. And it says in French, underneath it, this is not a pipe. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I, it's mm -hmm. one of my favorite paintings of yep. all time. I, I love that. I don't know how you I, recreate that as a Halloween costume. No, I, I just smoke the pipe, I suppose, <laughs> okay. and say this is not a pipe. Uh, so let me ask you this. You, uh, your, uh, your longtime boyfriend, significant other, whatever you want. Let's, are you guys fiancés yet? What, no, no. Just, We're weird like just that. Weird, like, that's just, fine. Yeah. That's okay. You guys... You and Will. Do you I know we Will. don't know how long we've been dating for? That's even better. We that's don't good. even know when we started that's, dating. You know what though? That's the best kind yeah. of thing though, because it just means it just means you're not caught up on like the the semantics of it all. You're just doing your thing. And yeah, he he it. used to introduce me Will. as this is my my gal pal, and yeah. I'm like, that's awkward. Can we just say girlfriend? And he's like, okay, fine. Your Facebook has you listed as jack of all trades for his uh, comedians and coffees discuss, uh, coffee discussing wrestling <laughs> yes. show. Uh, how involved are you doing that stuff? Like, um, he's gonna hate me because I've been trying to get season two up and running. Yes. The problem is, is season one, I was not really working. I was working at UTR, but it was only part-time, so I was yes. able to kind of do more video editing stuff. I was filming, producing, mm. cutting, sound, the whole thing. Yeah. It was me and Phil and Will were the actors, yeah. which, high maintenance, let me tell hey, you. I love to death. Me. High maintenance. So for this one, we not only had Phil and Will, but we had 
the whole Central New York comedy scene. Yeah. So I had more more than two comedians, sure. which dealing with two of them is tough. So I have a lot of episodes that need to be mm. edited, and I trying to get down to the point where I do like maybe mm. once a month. Yeah. yeah. So the last it's one I did was the Ric Flair one, because we were trying to rush when Ric Flair was here. So uh, I'm like, that's kind of what pushed me to get that one done. We haven't really talked. We, we might talk about it on the show coming up on the actual podcast about okay. how the sad shape that Ric Flair is in right now. It really is sad, though, isn't it? I'm. I'm very. Will's sad. gonna cry, He's and I'm gonna cry. have to console him. Uh, when I went to see Ric Flair. When he the, was here. When he was here. Yep. Paulie gave us the tickets for doing uh, the video. And I had this weird moment where we were in the room. And the way they set this up is Ric Flair's on one side of the room. And I'm on the other. And uh, and there's like a line there's that goes around the room. For, yeah, the... But once you're in the room, you see him the whole time. Mm-hmm. You're walking around the room. So I'm like 12 o'clock from Ric Flair in yeah. the room. And Paulie, Paulie Diamond from Gentleman's Corner, he calls out to me. He's like, Sam, give me a woo. And I'm like, and <laughs> really? I was, I'm, embarrassed. I'm not like one of those kind of guys. Like I'm a big wrestling fan, yeah. but like, even I'm a big wrestling fan. And I looked around to some of these people. I'm like, I could never be this kind of wrestling fan. I'm not this, I'm just not this involved in exactly. it. Like there are some real intense, hardcore wrestling fans. And the only thing I want, I'm trying to think to myself, all I'm going to say to Ric Flair is like, Hey man, thank you. Like I'm not going to make yeah, yeah, like a big like... thing. Uh, so now I'm on the spot from the guy who's let me in the door to, to say, woo. Did you do it? I did. I wooed. At the man who made wooing a thing. Did he thing. woo back to you? He looked uh, unimpressed. I think he had probably been wooed at about 9,000 times. Like, all I he's don't like, care. okay, kid, I don't care. <laughs> he did not, yeah, he didn't, he, he did not care. Oh my goodness. Uh, that was a weird moment. Um, Will does a phenomenal Ric Flair. He does, he, he does. does. You're, you're, so you're a wrestling wife, I would call. Uh, the term I would assume in wrestling is you're a valet. So you're his yes, valet. Yes. Uh, have, are you into wrestling now? You know I am now. You like wrestling I, now. We watch yeah. the pay-per-views, and, and he, I, we have the WWE <laughs> Network, yeah. and I will watch all of the old, like, ECW and all of that. So I'm aware of it, but I'm more of, I'm interested because it's very theatrical. It's Listen, I, you're, you're preaching to the... super theatrical. <laughs> Especially, put... why isn't there any female managers? There were back in the day. Well, you're talking Miss Elizabeth? Miss Elizabeth doesn't count because she was uh, just like I so Katie, but like a legit female. You manager. should look up Sensational Queen Sherry. She... Yes, but she okay. So Will wants me to be her. For yeah, Halloween. the Sensational Queen Sherry. Yes, she was all right. But even that though, she was almost sexualized. Still, is it well? Okay, so that was the '80s, right? And yeah. she was sexualized, but in a different in a way. Weird, like Miss Elizabeth. Okay, so Miss Elizabeth, I've, I've lost everyone who doesn't like wrestling. Yeah. Uh, so, Miss Elizabeth, the Macho Man's valet. The Macho Man. Uh, yeah. Oh, that was good. That was good. Right? I like yeah. the Macho Man. Uh, she was portrayed as, like, the all-American girl. Like, yes. when she would come out, it would be, like, Vince McMahon being like, my God. With the gown what? and the hair what? and everything. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. When Sensational Queen Sherry came out, she had, she like, the like... dark, like, the black lipstick. Like, and I'm going to was... rip you to pieces. Yeah, and she yeah. all sequins. But she, she always had those weird, like... Yes, Weird wrestlers. Only, only recently has wrestling has women's wrestling become something that they promote in a way that's like, look at our amazing female. Exactly. Even up until the mid two thousands, it was like, let's have a match where they fight in Jello and whipped cream. Yeah, it's I like, think like yeah. Charlotte Flair is the what I'm thinking Ooh, about. Charlotte this. Flair. I think about uh, her name was Trish Stratus. She yes. was like the first one she who was, was yeah. like she could do stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let me ask you this question: Since we're talking about wrestling, do you have a favorite wrestler now that you're watching the show? Who's your current favorite wrestler? Macho Man's my favorite all time. But 
Dean Ambrose, even though he's annoying, ah. but he's Cincinnati, so I think that's kind of ah. where, where that comes in. Uh, Maiden Utica's Katie Riley has a little thing for Dean Ambrose, actually. <gasps> so, yeah, you guys can talk about that if you want next time you see her. And also, AJ Styles has really good hair. He does have soccer mom hair. It's crazy. Yes, that's, it? I always, I love his hair. Do you have a gimmick? Have you ever come up with a gimmick for yourself if you were going to be a female wrestler? No, and you know, Will and I have talked about this, and mm. I don't think we've ever come up with anything. There's a guy right now who's the drama club wrestler. He's the drama king. And he sings before the... the oh, my God. I guess. Yeah, you yes. could, that could have been you. There's a guy, the too. There's a guy with an umbrella. Who's the guy Ah, Gentleman Jack Gallagher. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's, he's cool, but I don't see him that much. Mr. Maiden Utica Justin Parkinson, that's his favorite wrestler. He <laughs> loves Jack Gallagher. Um, Halloween costume, That's maybe? a good Halloween. He can't grow that kind of mustache. Uh, so, yeah, um... I, I would give you my gimmick that I've talked about in the show. I mean, yeah. It's basically the analytics wrestler. Oh, it's really? like, uh, well, let me tell you something, Ricky Steamboat. You can't handle 4.37 <laughs> suplexes for me. That's just that's just math. The numbers don't lie, Ricky Steamboat. That's like, there's no. What would be your finisher? Uh, the stat cruncher. It oh. would be like, do you know what I mean? Like, it would just be like a backbreaker or something. That's really good. That's really um, good. All right, uh, Katie, you've been a real sport coming yeah. in here today. Thanks for um, having me. Again, folks, it's uh, UticaOD.com slash anniversary for the OD Birthday Bash. It is this August 19th, Saturday, coming up from the time you hear this. 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, enjoy that. Go home, take a rest, and then come back at 8 p.m. for the Franklin Square Film Series. Make a day of it. There you go. Make a day of it. <laughs> uh, Katie, before I let you go, it is that time for the lightning round questions. These are our same six or so questions we've asked everybody oh, okay. who's been on the show for the last few episodes or so. Uh, we'll start like this. Katie Giacobelli, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I'm not a coffee person, but tea. No coffee. What kind Hot of tea Hot tea, drink? oolong tea. Oolong no tea. No milk, a little bit of honey. Hmm. Yeah. Tea person. Tea it's been a while since we had a tea person. Yeah, I'm fancy. I had a period where I gave up on coffee and drank nothing but green tea. Yeah. And then I got burned out from drinking green tea. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess. Couldn't... I don't. I like green tea, but oolong's my favorite. Right. Uh, what was your first automobile? You're going to laugh. It's what's parked outside because yes. my first automobile is the um, Starburst. <laughs> yeah. It's the yellow Honda Fit. <laughs> I didn't get my license until I was 21. Really? You're one yeah. of those folks. I yeah, was yeah. one of those. I was like, the only reason I got it was because my mom's like, you need to be a DD because you don't drink and you're going to college. Mm, so that was my that's thing. Fair. So that's my thing. And now you've gotten conned into driving people since then. Yeah, I'm good. Again. I'm good. <laughs> you may or may not have taken uh, the Fit to see it, but what was your first live music event? Godsmack. You would see Godsmack. Oh my God. Yes, it was my first concert. And, and the thing was, <laughs> is I liked them, but I don't think I was a huge fan. <laughs> and it was a super uncomfortable situation. The thing, okay, so Godsmack, uh, <laughs> it's funny because like, I bet you that anyone like from a certain era is not going to know what we're talking about. Exactly. Godsmack, Godsmack's no. a really like, particular. The only thing I remember about Godsmack is Godsmack had the song that was the theme song to the TV show MTV Fear. Yes. It was, it was like, I'm not the one, one that's too far away. Yes, yes, yes. 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 the song. That's they the real were thing really, case. really good. I have to give them that. I, they were solid live. Most, most like bands that I've gone, I, I very rarely do I go see a band who is absolute trash on yeah. stage, who doesn't have, even if it, the music isn't something I like. Most bands, for the yeah, most part, for, they're. Except Blink 82, who was always kind of slack whenever you'd see yeah. them. Like, hey, you guys aren't really trying. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really trying out there. Uh, all right, give me one. Um, actually, here's one for you. Give me one book album, movie, or television show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching? Will has me watching Game of Thrones. And so here's the thing with mm -hmm. Game of Thrones. Yep. I'm watching it, but I've never watched all the previous seasons. Yep. So I'm annoying him by asking him questions during mm. all of the episodes. Mm -hmm. So like last night I was asking him questions. He's like, watch the rest of them. So I think what's going to happen <laughs> is I'm going to watch this season when it's done. I'll go back and watch 
the beginning, <laughs> which is going to make sense, and things will make sense to me as I go along. My Game of Thrones is Twin Peaks. Okay, so, I can't get into that. Of course you can. Did you watch the first one? I watched the first one. I'm like, yeah, but then I want. I'm like, what's happening? What is going on? If you are the kind of person who can't understand, who needs to understand what's going on at all times, you can't. That's why Twin it's Peaks. not because I ask so many questions. Last last <laughs> night I was watching Twin Peaks by myself. A friend of mine showed up at the apartment, <laughs> sat down in the living room with me to watch it, and I didn't say a word to him because I'm like invested. I'm like, hi, 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 yeah, yeah, and he's just like. What's going on? I'm like, I can't explain this to you. I'm like, I, there's there so much. There is almost no explaining There's no it. point for me explaining this to you. I'd have to tell you like five years of yes. like backup and there's, just, there's no time. There's yeah. no time. <laughs> Game, that's what Game of Thrones strikes me as. It's just, it there's is. no time. For there is to, no time. There's too many things going on. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, also, I had a problem with all the Viking sex early on. Yeah. It's a little dirty. And like the incest still throws me off a little it's bit. Weird. But I, I'm in it now. I'm watching. What, uh, what is the book? You have most recommended to people over your lifetime. Oh my God, I'm a big um, Eleanor Roosevelt. Really? Yes. Really? <laughs> I know it's very strange. Will loves FDR, mm. so we went down to the FDR museum, and I went to see where Eleanor Roosevelt used to, you know, live. Mm. Um, but she has a lot of. I want to start reading her My Day columns. Yes. So that's one of my things. I'm starting to read some of them. Mm. But I would suggest reading because it was for a woman. She said a lot for that time, which mm-hmm. is bizarre when you kind of look back and well, and look forward. So anything that Eleanor Roosevelt <laughs> has written is just like to me is gold. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like a huge Eleanor yeah. Roosevelt fan. Well, that answers my next question too. I was going to ask if you could go to dinner with anybody living or dead <laughs> That'd who be is different. not your relative. That'd be different. Or who would it be? It'd be Joe Madden. Joe Madden from the from because, the Cubs. Yes, because let me let me tell you why. <laughs> and this is not even because. Will's a Cubs fan. He never gets upset on camera. Can I tell you a funny story about Joe Madden? Have you, have you met him? Many times. Shut up. Joe Madden used to be a regular at our restaurant Stop in New York it. City. Yeah, Carmine's in New York. Oh I don't my think, goodness. Well, because he was he was a coach of the Rays back then. Yeah, so that makes so sense. they were in New York like eighteen times a year. Yeah, and he's kind of a you know he's a he's a little I don't know if he's an East Coast guy or whatever, but he's got a little New oh York. Oh my vibe goodness. So you would see him at the restaurant. All the time. He'd just okay. be sitting there with his wife. Very chill guy. I served him lasagna once. Just very friendly. Nice dude. Uh, you know, told him good luck to the Cubbies. Uh, or, I'm sorry, at the time it was the Rays. I told okay. him good luck to the Rays. You know, but he was, he, he's a good dude. A very down-to-earth guy. He's so calm. His, like, yeah. energy is very chill. His wife, his wife always is very chill. So that's mm-hmm. why I want to sit yeah. down and say, like, how do you not flip out when people make screw-ups or something? I you mean, know, he's just super, like, it's all right. If I had to guess... He seems like the kind of guy who probably smoked a lot of a weed in college. Probably. Like, I bet you're you in college right. he smoked all the weed. Yeah, he's, like, right. he's got the big horn rim glasses. He's very chill for yeah. an older guy. He seemed to eat a lot of lasagna. So I don't really, you know, I'm just making assumptions here. Uh, but he's no, he's a great dude. That's great who dude. I would want to, really like, cool hang guy. out with. Yeah, well, go to Carmine. You might run into him. Next time the Yankees, next time the Cubs are the coming. The Cubs are in New York. Good to know. Carmine. Good to know. I'll just sit there. Uh, where you sit there. I don't want anything. <laughs> just wait for Joe Madden. Uh, and, of course, besides uh, Joe Madden, uh, <laughs> the Observer Dispatch, uh, acting, uh, theater, community involvement. Give me one more thing that you, Katie Giacovelli, are uh, passionate about. Um, I'm very passionate about, you know, having people stay here. Mm. Or, you know, I'm, I'm so tired of the, oh, this this area sucks. <laughs> I mean, 
everyone has their own feelings about places, but you really, it's really what you make it. Mm. So I kind of like what you guys are doing. I like oh, that everything that's going on with like Bag Square, you know, all these these little places that are opening up and these pop up shops mm-hmm. that are coming. It's really cool because it's what I've seen in other places, yeah. and now it's finally happening here. It just takes a little time. <laughs> in the days following the uh, the infamous Trump election, um, there were a lot of good tweets about this on the internet, and one of the ones I saw was this guy from New York just tweeting, like, all y'all hipsters need to go back to where you're from and fix those places up and get out of Brooklyn. And that was one of my favorite <laughs> tweets that I saw, because I was like, yeah, I know, it's true. Most it's people- true. I'm telling you. Like, because yeah. Brooklyn, I mean, to me, Brooklyn's like a, a Utica, in a sense. I, well, I've always thought when I went down there to visit. I find it interesting that people, like, uh, people tend to, like, not interesting or fast, it, it's, it makes sense. You sort of coagulate to these places yeah. that call you, but I... That it sounds weird that a single tweet like that stuck with me, but I was like, that's a weird thing. Like, yeah. I could still be me whether I'm in Brooklyn or in Utica. Exactly. Right. That was sort of this weird. Thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it doesn't. Like, I'm glad that I'm sort of. I'm sort of glad to be here now and be yeah. me here as opposed to being me in New York where I was a nobody, right? And like nobody cared. Who but I that was, was an experience for you that you were to bring back, and that's um, and that's I think that I think for me, my, my New York was it not a good experience. No, I loved New York, but my my thoughts in hindsight have soured okay. because. Looking at everything I look at now about what's going on with the subway system mm-hmm. and all the like all the struggles in New York with the rent costs and all yeah. the places moving out and just, I'm I feel like I got out at the at right, the right time. time. Yeah, um, not that's not a knock to any of my buddies who are still down there because they're killing it and they love New York and they would never leave. I mm-hmm. think you know immediately with yeah. New York. You're like that. You're like this is for me or this is just a little like a short term thing yeah. and then I'm gonna yeah. go. Uh, Katie, this was a real pleasure. Yeah, having thanks you for here. having me. Um, so what's next besides the birthday bash? What's coming up for you? Just we have more events. We more have events. Um, the Bicentennial Gala, which is in September. Mm. So if you haven't seen the last of me, that's going to be happening on the 30th. Awesome. awesome. Well, listen, Stanley, it's an so. absolute pleasure to have yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'll have to bring you and Will on together. You and should. I can bring both <laughs> you guys the two-timers club trophies at once. That'll be that'll yeah. be an interesting show. Hey, listen, if you guys want to come watch SummerSlam with us next week, you're more than uh, welcome to. Listen, he would love that you're because he feels than... like no one invites him to any oh, wrestling Oh, no, yeah. Things. Next Sunday, we'll be here. We'll okay. watch SummerSlam. None of you folks can come. Any of the people listening. <laughs> Don't don't just show up yeah. at my house if you know where I live. But if you guys want to come, do you watch, guys get dressed up? I'll show you. We have a belt. <laughs> we have our own personal okay, belt that belt. we call uh, the <laughs> Avenue uh, Heavyweight nice. Championship. Awesome. And we give it to whoever gets the most correct predictions oh, sweet. per pay per view. So we do brackets. We do we do the picks. Oh, yeah, nice, yeah, yeah. nice. The Royal okay. Rumble is really our big one. We do the whole thing. Yes. We go all out for the Rumble. Katie, it's a real pleasure. Thank yes, you so much for being so much. here, yeah. folks. We'll be back to the show in just a moment. Again, Katie Giacobelli. Uh, I love talking to theater kids. Theater kids have great diction and dialogue and the way they speak. It's great because they're on stage, folks. You should start a gang of like later at theater kids <laughs> and just like, put on like community like West Side Story, community guerrilla pop up productions of like <laughs> underground art house plays. I think you should do it. I, I'm not against it. Uh, Katie, be good for it. She's a great actress. Um, so again, uh, you to go backslash anniversary. Make it part of your fantastic Saturday. 
Uh, I'm excited for Saturday. It's gonna be a it should day. be a cool party. It's it was uh, it's an interesting thing because I've been working with Katie like professionally. Mm-hmm. We're gonna help him set up because they've never done an outdoor event. We've got a lot of experience because of the brewery stuff, and it would have been super convenient this past Saturday for us to do it. We had our own event later in the day. We got rained on really bad, but she yeah. canceled hers and it was fine weather. <laughs> and now we've got to scramble after the Taking Back Sunday concert this Friday, which by the way I'm really excited for. It's gonna be cool yes. to see at the brewery. Yes. Um, we got to scramble the next day, but we're going to make sure this beer tank goes off without a hitch, the OD party, because 200th birthday. Wait, is Taking Back, is taking back Sunday the same day as SummerSlam? No, Taking Back Sunday Friday. is this Friday. Friday. This Friday, oh God. So it's like, it's like it's Taking Back Sunday, and then it's OD party, and then it's Franklin Square, and then it's SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Wow. And is going on this week, what too. What a weekend. Woo! All right. <laughs> Electric. <laughs> Electric. Let's get into... Feel the sarcasm. Don't know if I like it. <laughs> uh, let's, get into, let's get into this week's history lessons. Uh, in order. Uh, in this day, in 1899, Henry Ford leaves his job as the chief engineer of Edison Illumination Company to concentrate on automobile construction. Uh, by 1903, his Ford Model A was the first car that he made, and by 1908, his Model T, the most popular, turned him into one of the richest men in the world. Do you want to know a fun fact about Henry Ford? Yes. He was a Nazi. Nazi! Huge Nazi! You look up Henry Ford, (laughs) Henry Ford was a huge believer in Germany and the Third Reich, and he sent a lot of money over, and he spent Mm. a lot of money lobbying the American government to team up with Hitler and the Nazis to be Nazis. Funny story about Thomas... They make a hell of a car, nice trucks. Do you know what the... You know know what funny story about Thomas Edison? Thief. Thief. Yeah, total thief. Scumbag. Stole Stole everything. Stole his patents, stole all of his inventions. That must have been a lot of fun, Henry Ford and Thomas Edison just talking about being criminals together. Oh, man. (laughs) Uh, On this day in 1920, uh, poet and author Charles Bukowski was born. Uh, Years later, I would buy many of his books and poetry books, and they continue to sit on my shelf unread. Uh, He sort of was the idea for what they call meat school poetry, or this masculine poetry, which used a lot of images of sex and violence and heavy drinking. What are your thoughts on Charles Bukowski? Um, <laughs> had nothing. I I like Charles Bukowski. I think he's an he's a really interesting writer. It's interesting that he brought that um, more visceral style of writing and identification with the experience. Like it's interesting if you've ever been down in the dumps or hard on your luck or going through a really mm. tough time to read some Bukowski and kind of realize like how deep it can go and sort of identify with it, even if your life isn't that serious. He's also eminently quotable. I think he's mm. interesting because you can write small little snippets of little like turns of phrase and little one-liners that he says. Um, interesting guy, but you shouldn't put your whole life behind what he says because you will end up like sad, drunk, and alone like he did. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. He's, I've, be always been, him that. I've always been... I've always been... It's not like that. You just can't act like the way the guy writes. But Bukowski's interesting. I like Bukowski. Thumbs up. Okay. On this day in 1969... The Woodstock Music Festival opened on a patch of farmland in White Lake, a hamlet in the upstate New York town of Bethel. Uh, At the time, they expected about 50,000 people. What they got was 400,000 people uh, on August 15th. Um, The people who put this together uh, actually didn't make any money on it initially. They lost a lot of money, but they did make all their money back and then some with the Woodstock movie they made in 1970 mm-hmm. that uh, incurred back a lot of the costs. I used to watch that a ton when I was young. I was first starting to learn how to play guitar. People would always watch like Jimi Hendrix and The Who and Santana. Mm. Uh, they were surprised. Uh, it was billed as three days of peace and music, and surprisingly, it lived up to the hype. Uh, very few incidents of violence, uh, and the number of musicians... Uh, on stage performed a lot of uh, opposition to the Vietnam War. So it really was kind of what it was marketed as. 
uh, up-and-coming acts, Santana, Joe Cocker, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Joe Cocker put on a hell of a show at Woodstock. Yeah, The Who. A little guy named Jimi Hendrix did the Star Spangles Banner. You ever heard that one? That's a good one. Uh, I think they want, I want to say, and I'm trying to find the name in here, the first person they were trying to get, I think it was Bob Dylan, because he already had, there's like an artist colony that was sort of up in, in the Catskills, in the yeah, Catskills, yeah. which was probably dope. I'm trying yeah, to yeah, go yeah. hang out in the 1970s artist lifestyle. I read a really cool article uh, a bunch of weeks ago about like a rebirth in the Catskills areas for artistic mm-hmm. people moving up from the city, loving the cost of living and the closest to nature. Sort of coming back around mm-hmm. again, which is interesting. Did any of you guys do 99 Woodstock? I did. You went? Yeah. Did you like it? Um, I, yeah, I mean, it was fun for, for most of it until the end. I was there for the whole thing. You were there for the end. Yeah, when the rides came out and everything. Was it scary? Yeah, it was very scary. I was a little tiny thing. I was like in 11th grade at the time. Jeez. A bunch of our friends that were in 8th grade, their dads brought them and went out there for the whole weekend. Just like all the old men went and sort of like partied and hung out and got a little hairy. Yeah, we were, I worked for Subway and when the rides happened, they kind of just threw us in the back of a truck and we just Mm. got out of there. I used to have the double album CD and I was always really jealous I couldn't go to Woodstock 99 because at the time it seemed like the height of culture. And it still seems crazy when you look back at, like, some of those shows are very seminal in a certain place and time, but there are some sets that still hold up like crazy. Like, I'd love to go back and see Rage Against the Machine at Woodstock 99 would be all right. All right, so, okay, I remember Woodstock 99 because we watched a stream of it on pay-per-view. That was a thing? Yeah, yeah. And I remember it was the first experience I'd ever seen of something called the Insane Clown Posse (laughs) shooting a soda called Fago on people, which was a weird moment in my life. Um... Although, if your mom hadn't been a school teacher, you could have been a juggalo. I could have been a juggalo. They could have caught you up if you didn't, you know, come up <laughs> but, come up so high class. I know, too much Coca-Cola, I can't get into that Fago game. See? Um, did you, did you got, there was like another one between the 99. So there's 1969, 94. there's yeah, a 94, 94 one, right? That's the one no one talks about. Uh, people, the 94 one was famous because it was super muddy. I think it rained. And 94 yeah. was like... Green Day and Nine Inch Nails and like some grunge bands and like Metallica. Okay. 94 yeah. was pretty cool. The underrated Woodstock. Yeah, probably. Do you think we'll ever see another Woodstock event? I thought there For was. For sure. There was They'll a do talk. something. Wasn't there just recently about When's the next like round number uh, event for it? So two years from now would be would be like the 7, 8, 9, 10, 50th year anniversary. So you would assume that 2019, right? They're going to do it again. I heard that they were doing oh, it. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. That's my prediction. Something. 2019, 50th year well, anniversary. Hopefully they'll get it right because the last one was awesome. Well, the last one, what was funny about the last one was up until the actual riots happened, weren't they like giving speeches like the Mayor of Rome talking about how great it was? Yeah, and they, like how you got a map, you got a map in the like, mail and it was supposed to be all these trees were going to be there. But when I got there, there were like trees that were like two feet high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were, was, the bathrooms weren't finished. Um, the tent area was There like, was like cramped. no water and what you could find was like 10 blocks and they were like, oh, yeah. they were, like, like, snap, I, I they were snatching down. girls up and being scumbags mm. and like yeah. really, really And you were on cement. There was no grass like really that. so you were but walking. honestly, in today's day and age if somebody's going to take the branding, I mean, you look at that like 1999 Woodstock was happening that was still there weren't really festivals like there are now you know what mm-hmm. I mean you've got these places like you know your Coachella's and your Bonnaroo's and your Lollapalooza's and your fucking Gathering of the you know everything that goes mm-hmm. on your Governor's Ball all the way through all over the world if somebody does it now it's gonna be a much more smoothly put together yeah Situation you would have to think, yeah. and plus the music isn't as violent and aggressive as what was popular. Like, you're talking right. about stuff like I mean, you know, Limp Biscuit has become a cultural joke, but like mm, yeah. at the time, like Limp Biscuit yep. was some aggressive. Like people were getting really aggressive yeah. out there in '99. Yeah, I actually still kind of 
feel like Limp Bizkit gets a bad rap. They're not a good band, but they're not as bad as people shit on. Do you board. know what I will say about them? All the musicians in their band are phenomenally talented. Yeah, Wes Borland specifically is one of the more innovative guitar yeah. players. That's somebody who plays guitar that I've ever heard. Watch him play on like solo stuff on YouTube. It's insane. But it's all because Fred Durst is such a clown. He's like, terrible. Like yeah. that whole thing that he does. Look bad. into these eyes. Yes. Moving along. Moving along. On this day. And on this day in 2003, I remember this. The eastern seaboard of the United States was struck. Seaboard with, was struck with a massive power outage. Mm. Uh, massive power outage through the New York State, uh, parts of Cleveland, Detroit, Toronto, and on and Ottawa, Canada were all shut down. That was crazy. 21 power plants shut down in three minutes across the eastern seaboard. Uh, in New York City alone, it cost 500 million dollars of damage. Uh, it was initially, un- initially the people were unsure of what caused the blackout. Uh, come to find out, it was traced yeah, back. that's two years post uh, 9-11. 9-11, so yeah. Like, people are yeah. still like, oh, hey. Yeah. Now, funny story about this. Um, I remember this very well because I was in New York City oh. visiting my sister and my brother-in-law, Don and Karen. Shout out to Don and Karen. I was staying in their house on 7th and 14th in Lower Manhattan. And it's one of the most surreal moments of my life because the power goes out in the middle of the day. 4.10 p.m. on this day, right? Rush hour. So Don and I wow. go down to the on the ground level of his apartment. We get these two, like, folding chairs. And we sit down, and we start, you know, having a cigarette, having a snack, whatever. And for an hour, we watched people walk home on the streets. And it was no cars, no lights, people getting out of taxis and walking home however many miles it was through, like, Manhattan. And it was... It was like it was weird. It was like watching a forced migration. I don't even know how to describe it. Like just <laughs> hundreds of thousands of people walking home through the streets, looking tired and sweaty and angry because there's no power and they don't know what they're gonna do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a really scary moment that night when I know there wasn't a lot of looting according to the it's, reports, but I remember hearing like windows getting broken outside. Do you know what I mean? It I was a very surreal moment in my life. Uh, we had a block party in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Um, because in, we had a nice little neighborhood. Like all, I, we were still living where I grew up. So, like, all my friends from growing up and all the parents became friends because of it. And, like, the Little League dads and stuff. Yeah. Or Mike Gooka coming over. He had a radio with some batteries in it. And he had a bunch of beers that were cold and got a bunch of ice on hand. And just sort of had a block party and hung out until the sun went down and everybody went home. Went to bed. Yeah. That was wild, though. It's crazy. Mm. I like when weird stuff happens. Yeah. Like, you black out. Like, when we got snowed in earlier well, this year. I feel like it brings back when you're younger, like, something, like, what's happening. It's, just, what's it's interesting to have a fundamentally different moment. Yeah. Now that I say that, you know, I certainly don't want, like, you know, nuclear war or no, anything no, like that. Where I, don't want. Do you mean I want, like, cosplay for a day yeah. or two. Just. It's <laughs> like, you ever, have, you ever grow up and there's, like, a fire on your house or a fire in your street? No. There was a fire on Valentine Bray growing up. I remember, and I remember just everyone being out on the street as a kid, being like, "What's going on?" Just yeah, yeah. walk down to see what was going on, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like it was weird because it was this odd moment that was out of the schema of normal life. It's like when we got a flood, and everyone felt the need to stop mm-hmm. and involve themselves in this moment, right? Yep. It's okay to be involved in a moment. It's nice to be involved in a moment. Mm-hmm. All right, so I got a couple interesting stories for you guys. Uh, this is one from earlier this month that I thought was interesting. Uh, public health experts are leading a renewed push to stop toy giveaways with uh, fast food meals. Uh, apparently, there was a study of 900 Australian children aged 5 to 9 that was published in the journal Appetite, and it revealed that kids are more likely to choose a fast food meal that comes with a free movie character toy, right? Mm-hmm. And it's all bad for you. Do you think they should stop giving away toys in the kids' meals? What are your thoughts? No, I had toys. I'm okay. <laughs> like, I don't understand it. I mean, you can tell your kids, no, we're not eating there. That's mm. not an option for tonight. But, like, it's like cereal boxes when you got toys. 
your kid doesn't control you. You control your kid. Mm, you I feel like that was the strongest. <laughs> I was ready, and I was ready to stay in that opposition. I've still got some points going the other way because I think the real answer is we never should have started giving toys in the first place. Mm. And now we're forced to clean up uh, and have some overcorrections to a lot of like mm. bad practices we got in back in the day. But that's really what it is. A parent's like, oh, well, the toy's in there, and like little Junior just, you know, he's got to have that toy. No, the hell he doesn't. Parent your kid, you soft people. Like, oh, I, I don't have kids, so I can't really speak, man, but these people let the kids boss them around. No. Now, in the United, he's grunting. What do you got? In the United States, um, there is a... Cal- in, in the United States, in California, there's a ban for restaurants providing toy incentives for ch- children's meals that, quote, don't meet nutritional standards. Uh, and that's to break the link between unhealthy foods and prizes, right? Um, and there was a quote. This is from the Obesity Policy Coalition Executive Manager, which is a really long title. Her name is Jane Martin. Quote, at a time when one in four uh, children are overweight or obese, we strongly encourage government to introduce policies to restrict food companies from offering toys, basically. So you have to do something. Well, I know, but it's still, again, a parent. You know, I, it is if the kids overweight, their parents are it, probably overweight too. So it is. no matter what, if you get rid of the toy, they're still gonna eat a lot of crap anyway. But like you have to take some steps towards it because if you're just like, okay, fine, we're not gonna do anything, what do you do when sixty percent of the country is morbidly obese and we can't function on a worldwide economy because our population is so uh, unhealthy? I, I just can't imagine that toys are the lead, one of the causes. No, of that. but do they need the toy? I don't know. I like getting toys. I did like yeah, getting so toys. Yeah, so did I. Listen, it was great. Don't get me I don't, wrong. I think the, the, the way the U.S. does it in California makes sense. Like, keep the toy, but you have to make the meals sort of, like, yeah. meet some sort of the nutritional standpoint, like, real, right? like, meat. Or well, even, that's like, I mean... And that's the other argument, too. If you go to a fast food restaurant, what are you expecting in terms of health, right? Like, right. you expect to go to a fast food restaurant and be catered to with, like, organic, healthy food? Probably not. It's garbage food. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. But, like, I mean... It, there, I wish it would be nicer if there were um, more easy, quick options that weren't so drastically negative. Hmm. They used to have cool things. Remember, we used to get baseball cups and things like that. They used to have, like, with your Happy Meal. She's still just like, remember that toy? Remember that I, toy? Remember I would, that toy? Listen, I always say I was poor. So I I've still got I've still got some of the McDonald's uh, Dream Team cups in yeah. there, like Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. Yeah, There's some of them in the kitchen. See? Uh, so, yeah, you guys want to move on from that? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's boogie. Uh, I did have a list... If you guys want to hear real quick, these are some popular toys that have been banned over the years. Uh, lawn darts. You guys ever play lawn darts? Oh, I almost, that's been, that's been... I almost killed my dad's friend with a lawn <laughs> dart when I was like seven. <laughs> Those should absolutely be... I almost killed poor Kenny Ward. I would have put a dart right in his head well, in front of his family with like eight more inches. Because anyway, right? I didn't know what I was doing. I just picked up like, haha, let me see how high I can throw it because I didn't think it through because they're highly fucking dangerous. They're very dangerous. Uh, here's another Good. one. I'm with that one. This one makes me sad. Uh, you ever heard of Bucky Balls or Bucky Cubes? No. They are the little magnetic balls that you can make shapes out of. They're like oh, the little metal. I've literally never seen that. Uh, the little giant uh, yeah. magnetic balls you can shape into things. These were banned in 2010 because kids were choking on them. Yeah. Although uh, they have that ban just got lifted because they they did something about it. They changed the size of them or whatever it is. Huh. Uh, oh, here's one that dude electric blankets. Let's talk about electric blankets for a second. The most dangerous. I loved I loved my electric blanket so did I I went to my grandmother's house for sleepovers and she had an electric blanket and I love it and as an adult I go oh my god I would never let me sleep with this short circuiting electric wire over the top of me and it just sets me on fire oh my god when the hell is it ever that cold It's never. Put some sweatpants <laughs> on. <laughs> like, put some sweatpants on, close the window, turn your heat up, do anything besides wrap yourself in wires and fall asleep. Uh, here's another one that's been banned a lot. Uh, 
As of 2002, a lot of these were banned. Fondue sets are highly banned because oh. I went to a fondue party once. I had Did you fondue. get burned? I had a fondue set. Uh, it's very 70s, by the way. Yeah. I didn't get burned, but I didn't have a very good time. Mm. So I, I love like fondue. sharing things with people that they dip their food in. I've you know what Katie Giacovelli was saying then when she was here earlier? She was talking about it's tough to share. She's like, would you like share a drink and a cup with somebody? Yeah, yeah who cares? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I, Keeps the immune system strong. My nephew refuses to touch anything if it's even been near a person. Like, totally germophobic. Like, horrified. And so I keep crazy. Trying, I keep trying to break him of it. I'm like, you gotta Good for the immune system, man. All right, you guys, I'm gonna move on. Uh, number five, beanbag chairs. And not just beanbag. Those bean are gone? Ba- not beanbag chairs like we see today but beanbag chairs that used to have the zippers on them where you could actually open them up and with the pull the beans yeah, with the pellets yeah, yeah. those were banned in 1994 uh, as a result you can get the double stitch ones that you can't open <laughs> parents okay. finished up with that earlier like don't yeah. know <laughs> uh, so this isn't really a banned but there's been at least 12 different recalls since 94 on hammocks accounting to upwards of 30,000 units have been recalled over the years for being dangerous makes sense though Hammock, like somebody I, hot shots a hammock, somebody gets caught up. Yeah, I could see that. I never oh. would have thought that. How about slip and slides? I loved mine when I was little. <laughs> How can you ban something that's like a sheet of plastic and some water? Uh, like that's all we're so really talking they about. Were, think about this for a second. Slip and slides were banned in 1992. However, they were they were created in 1961. From 1961 to 1992, they sold nine million of them. So there were nine million slip and slides before they banned them. Uh, I'll tell you what, I've seen my brother-in-law get viciously, like, injured on a slip and slide, so I we made a slip sense. and slide down the hill at a friend's house in high school, and it was outrageously Sorry. reckless. Uh, how about water rockets? Remember those? No. What's the water rockets? Those are the rockets that you step on, and they shoot the water, and the rockets go flying out of the top. What are they waiting those for? Uh, because they're hitting people in the face. They fly back and hit you in the face, like a stream of, like, rocket. This is a later one. This is, like, 2004. Oh, bunk beds. What? Oh, Wow. Can't ban uh, a bunk bed. No, they don't. I don't think they ba- they ban certain types of bunk. Certain beds. types of bunk beds. They have like, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have stipulations on how they have to be made. Now they're ripped. there was one arm on my metal frame aluminum bunk beds I had when I was a kid mm. that if it swung down and the screw came out it would basically be a guillotine. So yeah. I can understand. <laughs> where I and then number ten, uh, not again, not that this item is banned, but since uh, since frown upon, yeah, frown upon. <laughs> there have been thousands of recalls on deep fryers, which just makes I total sense. People burn their house down with deep fryers doing turkeys like crazy. Or they like put crazy. things in there too. Like too fast and explode. That's not that different than a fondue. Set, well, they put water is, in there. Yeah. If you put like, if you put like a frozen chicken or turkey yes. or something there, all the water content it would flame over and burn your house all yes. the way down. Yeah. in a hurry. Um, did you guys? Uh, we I was gonna talk about Scientology. We don't have to. Um, Feels I, like a big talk. Well, I'll, like I'll that's say a whole other story. I'll say this. Uh, Leah Remini, who has that show Aftermath, she's uh, the lady from King of Queens, who's going back to working on the show. Kevin can wait with her former TV husband Kevin James. Like they were on. I saw that. That's kind of weird, and right? The girl who was on there was doing great. Really no, she left the show. I don't they know took her off. Yeah, no, because they told her like, "Hey, Leah's coming." I do like Leah Remini, by the way. It's true. I always had a crush on her, but uh, I'm. I just want to say I'm fascinated by the whole Scientology thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's one of my weird. Like, so what? There's a lot of good content out there now of people like exposing mm-hmm. it, a lot of like deep yeah. dives. So now's a good time to learn a lot about it. Uh, she's sort of revved up though. She's doing the season, the second season of her AMC. So she actually wants them to have a federal investigation of Scientology. I don't know how much you guys follow. What are your thoughts about them actually investigating Scientology? Fire it up and follow the money. <laughs> yeah. No. Fire it up and follow the money. I'm done with all it these fucking animals. Sounds terrible. I'm done mm-hmm. with all of them. Follow the money. <laughs> Look, just there's a million great things you can watch. There's a great one on YouTube. I'll maybe I'll link it later on. Um, Scientology is 
some weird shit. Mm-hmm. Also, if one, if any of the listeners want to link me to any comments that uh, Claudia Tenney no, has made about the Charlottesville thing or all the Nazis, I would also be interested in reading those because we know we're not having a town hall. To see Paul Ryan is having his first town hall in three years. Oh. Or two years, finally. He's doing it during the once every 400 years solar solstice. Of course he is. He's he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to have a town hall. I'm going to have a town hall just during the solstice where we'll be outside. Like, just try to look a little less like a super villain, guys. (laughs) Any one of you. Any one of you. You guys want to close out with some of the roars? Let's do it. Okay, all right. It's been a while since we've done this. All right. Uh, Heather, we'll start with you. Uh, You can only have one for the rest of your life. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits. Whoa. Wow, fruits. Yeah. I want to say fruits mm. because I eat a lot of raw fruit, but I feel like when it comes to cooking, I'd have a hard time not using vegetables. No onions, no tomatoes gets to a very tough spot very quickly. Yes, for me, that's a big problem. Um, well, tomatoes are fruit, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> isn't that the argument? No, wait a minute, wait a minute. So spaghetti sauces, but where's yes. garlic? That, mm. Where's garlic? Mm. Just really bad spaghetti sauce. I would where's say... Where's garlic? Are you, over are you raspberries. Know? Mm, raspberries <laughs> are great. I'm going to go with fruit here, but it's tough. It's tough. I do love apples. I love grapefruit. I love strawberries. I love tomatoes. There's grilled asparagus. Corn on the damn cob. I'm actually not... Wait, 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 wait. Where are potatoes? Potatoes are neither. Is it a... Is it a potatoes? tuber? Can I get off... Can you get off potatoes? Tubers? Yeah, yeah, tubers. Can I get potatoes off team vegetables? Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. fruit? Yeah, then fine. it's going to be fruit. <laughs> In a landslide. <laughs> okay, all right. Kev, we'll start with you on this one. Would you rather have to refer to yourself in the third person for the rest of your oh, life? I think probably that one. Or never use another person's name. You can only refer to them as you, this guy, whatever. I feel like I do that about 70% of the time now. <laughs> it's kind of my- like especially I meet so many people in the job and like we have these giant events, so I feel like I spend a lot of time like, hey, guy, hey there, yeah. sir. I don't remember anyone's name. Yeah, no, so I'll stick with yeah, that's fine, because I do it anyway. Uh Sam thinks that he would prefer to talk oh. in the third person because I like to talk to Heather and Kevin by their name. So it's important that Sam can continue to do that. So I'm going to go with the third person. Heather, what are your thoughts? I'm going to, yeah, I'm just going to, I don't remember names. So, I'm so third person. Yep. Okay. All right. Uh, here's a good one. Uh, I'm going to start with this one. This is a tough one. Would you rather have your face on the $100 bill or the $1 bill? I'm going to throw this out here right now. The $1 bill. The answer is the $1 bill. Just pe- everyone knows who's on the one dollar bill. Not, not the the milk glass. Don't see the hundred dollar bill. I haven't seen a hundred dollar bill in a long time. <laughs> the one hundred is the one hundred is not is not as prevalent. I want to well, be everywhere. Who, who says I want everybody to see me in the first place? Oh, that's a good point. I would rather stick with the hundred because people might not see hundreds. They know damn well the Benjamin Franklin is out there. So quality over they know quantity. Damn well quality over quantity. Mm. It's a, it's an op. It's about opulence. It's about legacy. It's about heritage tradition. Like no, absolutely. Put me on. See, the I'm trying to flood the market. I don't need to be out there. I don't need to be out there with every getting handed to the the panhandlers and. I'll take a dollar. Um, you want the dollar? Yeah, all right. Be on, I'll I, be on the hundred all day. If I'm on a dollar, I did something awesome. I'm. I'm so, you're the awesome. first at something. Yeah, you don't so. see people making t-shirts with one dollar bills on them, but you do see t-shirts with a uh, hundred dollar bills on them. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, but how many t-shirts? We walk around with hundred dollar bill t-shirts. I actually threw one out a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. It was a very old t-shirt from Famous <laughs> Stars and Straps. I had a hundred dollar bill with Ben Franklin with a bandana around his face. Okay. Let's stay on the money question for a second. Uh, this is one of my. This is a good one. Uh, would you rather have Heather, one hundred dollars now, or two hundred dollars, but you get a dollar every day for two hundred days? I do one hundred dollars now. One hundred dollars now. Invested in something. Mm, Kevin, one hundred dollars now or two hundred dollars in two hundred days? A dollar a day. A uh, dollar a day. Because I could mm. forget that it's coming in. The money would be there later. I guess. 
I don't think it's about where you're, if the hundred because if you gave me a hundred right now, we'd just sort of go. You just throw it in the bank and it's it's in there, right? Mm. But like you've got the the hundred, you might as well put it. In. If the money's just gonna go to like sit somewhere, then you might as well put it mm. as the full long term development. I feel like I that, go like one day at a time. That, so I want yeah. now. One day at a time. I, yeah. Listen, I, and it might it's it might be a reflection of like where you're at on day to day because for a long time I would have said the hundred right <laughs> this goddamn minute, but like it's all about right now. I'd probably take the two at this point. Um, I'm taking the one because knowing me, if you gave me a dollar a day for 200 days, I would just spend that dollar on a McDonald's Coke and I would drink 200 sodas. So that would be the end of it and I would just get fat. So give me the $100 now and I'll just put it in the bank and I'll pay some bills with it. That's fine. I don't want to wait. Does the Coke come with a toy? Does not come with a toy. (laughs) Man. Um, All right. So uh, if you had no choice and you had to fight one, Kevin, who are you fighting? Alligator or bear? Oh man, um, I've got to fight one of these t- alligator, 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 yeah. because I can get. Here's the thing. I mean, you haven't talked about specifically the venue the fight's going to be in, where no. we're going to be at, temperaments, different things. But a bear, I feel like, has more flexibility for a fight on the land. Alligators, people jump on alligators and clamp their mouth shut all the time. Yeah, and if you can get their mouth shut with a little bit of duct tape, they're cooked. They're done. They can roll. But a bear, you've got no recourse for a bear. What are you going to do about a bear? There's nothing to be done. Gators or bears? What do you got? Definitely a gator. I would want to. Bear. I, I could see how a different walk of life. You're one of those people that snatches gators up by their jaws. Yeah, a gator woman. Just like a gator, gator person, like swamp yeah. people. <laughs> swamp people. Look up a place. It could have been you. A couple more reps in the swamp. A couple more reps working in the swamp, lifting up some. Right. Look up a place on the internet, folks. That just means you're a badass. I, 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 you care. I'm you just it. snatch I'm a gator. Look up a place on the internet, folks. This is one of my favorite low-level theme parks in the world. It's in St. Augustine, Florida. It's called the Alligator Farm. It is something else. Check out the Alligator Farm. Uh, I would say gator, and I'll tell you why. I don't know, a little known fact. All the muscles in an alligator's mouth are meant for downward biting and clamping. But there are very few muscles in the alligator that actually facilitate opening its mouth. So once the gator's mouth is closed, if you can help, if you can, you can hold the gator's mouth closed. Because all that bite force is down, not up. Yeah, yeah. So that's your... your well, that's exactly it. And that's kind of what I'm yeah. saying. But the problem is if you're holding onto it and it starts doing the roll. The roll. And yeah, the mouth the comes roll. open while the hands are in there, you and get the in bear, trouble. Bears can roll. I've seen a bear. Oh, no, bears can do anything. They can hug you and grab you. I don't know. I think a tougher question is bear and, like, crocodile. I'm much more confident with some gator down in, like, dumb Georgia. Look at this gator down here. Than I am, like, a saltwater crocodile in the banks of the Nile in the Congo. crocodiles or alligators up here recently? Only in the sewers. Up here? No, only in the sewers near the city. That's not real. Where are you trying to find Where are you trying to say they found alligators? You're trying to tell me they found. Did you say crocodiles? I don't know. Tell me they found saltwater crocodiles up at Lake Delta. And last but not least. Uh, solo expedition, it's just you. Where would you rather go? The Amazon rainforest or the deep ocean? Solo explanation, expedition. What do you mean deep ocean? Like in a submarine. Like solo deep ocean submarine or solo I, in the in the oh, jungle? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go in the Amazon because they're always finding new things and mm. new little like things that have been undiscovered. You know, I would go to the Amazon. Definitely. Because the ocean, they don't have anything that can go down to the part where we haven't been yet. I don't know anything about driving a submarine. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to have to say the, the Amazon. I was hoping one of the answers would be like temperate northeastern Adirondack Forest. Because mm. I was like, oh, that actually sounds lovely. Strong. I'll have yeah, to go yeah. out there for a little bit. But um, I want to make, make an argument for the submarine. <laughs> and I can make a lot of arguments for why I wouldn't want to go to the Amazon rainforest. Uh, bugs, number one. For sure. The, all the gross, disgusting jungle bugs that could probably poison me and dart frogs and all that kind of thing. Mm. 
but I would leopards. But again, thalassophobia. I would have a really hard time being surrounded by the dark, dank water and not knowing what was out there that would eat me up alive. I feel like I feel like the real answer to that question lays in like, what is your submarine? What do you know about it? I don't want to be enclosed in a, a small space. Yeah, small space. That's yeah. fair. And no control over it. Right. No, but if you're controlling it, if you can drive it, you no, know this submarine really well. I just don't want to be in it. Would you rather fight a no. bear in the Amazon or an alligator in the deep ocean? <laughs> No, I'm sorry. That's not God, a real question. I made I that. Up. Wait, is is the alligator inside? He's inside sub with you. Yeah, he's inside. Three thousand feet down. <laughs> that would be the worst. Oh my god. Like, I guess uh, I take the bear in the Amazon. He's like run. like a really angry like howler monkey in there with you. Yeah, Nazi howler monkey in your in your submarine. We you. need to stop Nazis because we've got no room for them. The United States of America in yeah. 2017. Go ahead, <laughs> folks. Uh, thank you uh, for joining us for episode 112. <laughs> Follow Heather at HeatherWise1 on Twitter. Follow Kevin at underscore Kevin Sullivan. Follow me, SF Doom, at SF Doom, the real one. Don't follow any of the ones that have ripped off my name. You have imposters? I am the original SF Doom. We talked about that that on Twitter. There are other SF Dooms on Twitter. Just SF Doom, nothing else. Me. But don't worry about that. Just follow the show at Uticast. Go to Uticast.com for all of our back episodes and current episodes. Download the Handshake app and listen to our current episodes on the go. Uh... I, Apple Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud, MadeInUtica.com. Uh, that's that's it, folks. Just uh, stand up for the things you believe in. It's it's important. Woodstock lives. See you next week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. See ya. Peace.